welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He's Chris Marler. He has a drink in his hand. I'm Tom Guerra. Marler, I've got four words. What it do, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> so Yo, it is game week. Time. It is. It is. If you're listening to this, we're we're like we're on one hand. We've been on one hand all week of of countdown mode. So we're recording this three days left. We're we're tomorrow. I guess when you're listening to this, it should be two days two days left or one day, whichever day you're listening. To. I can't wait. I'm so fired up. I've just been I sitting am. around. I told Connor. I've been listening to Thunderstruck. And that that part of uh, vi- that undercover video from Kirby saying, "I want to eat. I want you to want this. <laughs> it's time to and go." Fire so I realize that there are certain places that do like, "Hey, 65 days until game day," and then they'll do like a post yeah. on social media and stuff. So I started a little peel behind the onion here. I started doing videos when it was like 10 days out on the STS podcast account with videos 10 days because. You're right. When you're counting down from like 10, it just feels yeah. so much more impactful. And now for whoever's listening to this, if you're counting down from one or from two, yeah. like you, you probably you're can't welcome. think straight right now. After the off season that's been and how long yeah. it's t- it took us to get to this point, I, if, if we are your distraction and you are just listening to us instead of doing work right now, just tell your bosses, hey, uh, Uncle Chris and Connor, they, they've got yeah. you. It, they'll understand. They will. They have to. It's time to and go from work, like to leave work. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, man. I, so here's the thing. I, I, I just, like, well, one, good for you for doing that because I tried to do that starting from literally 99 two years ago or last year, and then people were like, I'm ready for this to be over with. And I was like, thank <laughs> you. I put a lot of effort into it. Do you have an idea how hard it is to find a number 72 or a number 59 um, that actually matters in the SEC, but yeah, I'm I'm fired up. We're down to three today. Tomorrow will be two. Friday will be one. I'm gonna. I just. I already told Allie. I was like, Friday, I'm gonna be unbearable. Like I'm gonna be unbearable to be around. Cause cause then it's like, it's been the whole season, right? It's been the whole year trying to get to the season, and then Friday is gonna last roughly seventy twice hours? as long as yeah. It's gonna it's gonna last twice as long as quarantine. It's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be long as blank. I so am avoiding just... cuss words already. Yeah, I'm. I'm really impressed. I, I thought the amped up version of Marley would just let it fly. I really did. <laughs> he will later. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll definitely happen. We have a lot to get to today. We have uh, fourth and wrong quarantine game day edition to wrap things up. We've got winning and boozing. The return of yeah, winning yeah. and boozing. That's going to be great. Thank you we, for everyone that clapped and brought Tyler back to life. If there's nothing that I can believe in in 2020. Besides social media bullying to get someone to do something again, <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't know. Like that's that's pretty much a lock to be able to to do that. So we've got the first ever SEC all neighbor team as well. And all my neighbor name goodness, team. all neighbor yeah. name team. Right, yeah. right. So we base this strictly on names that we um, looked up on SEC rosters. <laughs> some of which we knew, some of which we didn't know. No, we don't know every single player on every SEC team. But We're gonna miss a couple, oh. but. I, I, pr- I also I pray that if this is your first time listening to us, one thanks for stopping by. It's Thank very you. nice of you to be here. Well, take your shoes off before you come inside because it's one of those homes we have white carpet. Um, but here's the thing: if you haven't joined us before and you don't know what we're talking about, the all the all is, I hope this is something people like, and it's not like because part of me thinks it's like it's just for Jerry Gary Joe Collins, <laughs> who I love to death. But it's like I hope. I hope that it's not just us three on Twitter like, well, 
here we are. We thought it was funny. You know what I mean? Hey, got to take some chances. Yeah. There, there are plenty of worthy participants for the all-neighbor, all-name team. Yeah. But before we get to all that, we got picks and stuff and over-unders, and Uncle Chris is going to give you all the gambling advice. But before we get to all of that, Marler, you know what I did like three hours ago? Uh, no. You went and got your septic tank fixed. That was like six hours ago. Okay. Which, uh, if you've never been through the crappy experience of, of having a septic tank inspection, thankfully, didn't need to get anything yeah. fixed. Fiberglass septic tank, which didn't even know that was a thing until the septic tank guy told me, man, well, you've got a really good septic notch, tank. Brother. That's top notch. But yeah. no, like three hours ago, made myself a little chicken, Ooh. made my chicken for the week, had, had some of those leftover it's, buns still. Bro, it's ha- Wednesday. I know, I know. It's been a weird week. It's been a really weird week. But I got to get myself through Saturday and through Sunday yeah. as well. Threw a ton of Texas Pete on. A ton. Yeah. And I'm back. Well, I feel good to be back. Well, one, we're glad to have you. Two, um, more like septic stank. Am I right? Boom, roasted. Mm. Uh, three, maybe that was a good move for you to not cook all your chicken beforehand. Because we we made chicken for the week as well. Um and it was, I'm trying to think, like it was, I told you about it last week and it was with Texas Pete. We just dumped a whole thing of that into a crock pot and then cooked it. Um, and it's gone. It's already, it's gone. It was gone yesterday. So. It happens. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. And it always happens when you have the glorious flavor that is Texas Pete. I tell you what, Connor, I'm fired up because it's, it's game week. We are going to have football on all day Saturday. And I've been, I've been sitting here waiting all week to, to, to make my run to the liquor store and to the, the grocery store because I have two important things I gotta get. You gotta get sauced up and you gotta sauce like you mean it. Both those things. Now, I'm not going to get a six pack of beer. I'm getting a six pack of Texas Pete like I told y'all to do. We're gonna get the grill fired up. Hopefully it's fired up as me. Make sure you are doing the same thing this weekend uh, with Texas Pete. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, man, you just you missed a whole hot grill, hot grill fall last year. We're gonna have hot grill fall again. And this year, we're going to do it real big. So make sure you are tagging us in your home gating, tailgating pictures with the hashtag sauce like you mean it. Uh, we cannot wait to see those pictures. Can't wait to see your recipes. If you need some help with recipes, go over to texaspeat.com. Check out some of the recipes that we and videos we did for them last year as well. Um, yeah, there you go. When you said that you needed to go to the store to get two things, I knew that Texas Pete was one of them. I knew that alcohol was the other. I was expecting yeah. the third thing, which is a Chris Marler staple, and that is deodorant. Oh, man, I'm not even worried. I haven't worn deodorant most of quarantine, I'll be honest. It's not been good for anybody. So when you say to Allie, I'm going to be unbearable on Friday. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, Connor, that's... I've worn three shirts. This is I'm wearing a, a, a gross cut-off red shirt that literally, I, this is the fourth shirt I've worn in quarantine. Was, I, how many I times have you that. seen me? Can you, can you count on, like, we, we were recording three podcasts a week. I guarantee mm. you can count on one hand how many times I wasn't wearing a half-zip uh, like pullover. The Atlanta Hawks one was, that's the only shirt I can picture yeah. that you've worn this entire time. The <laughs> only one. Yeah. Staple. You are a cartoon character bound to the same Thank clothes. <laughs> Week one, over, unders, picks, Uncle Chris tips. We've got everything. Let's yeah. just get right into it. Dan Mullen returning to Oxford, Florida against Ole Miss. First of all, before we do picks, the over-under is how many references will we get to Dan Mullen once being Ole Miss's rival? I said the over-under uh, relatively low at two. Um, Probably over. I, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Oh, really? Oh. Is that bad? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I'm also I'm very much thrown for a loop today because of um, the picture that came out of Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane. So Lane was on part of my take, and Lane is. You know, I've been saying for a little while, Lane has had the Big Ben look since about yeah. right after he finished up year one at FAU. He really got full Big Ben. And, you know, I, I credit Lane. He's doing Pilates. I listened to the interview. He's doing well. Yeah. Sounds like it. But, um, yeah, Lane's the, – the camera angle just it, – it's all about the camera angle. I think yeah, that's really good. what it was. That's, yeah. that's what it was. That's fine. But, but, yeah, I would take the over in that. Um, I'm excited for that game. Um, kind of surprised the line is up to 14 and a half still. Yeah. That, wasn't that line starting off at something like 12? Yeah. I think it was 11 and a half or something like that. So maybe, that is a little bit surprising to me. Maybe part of that was at the time when there was that uncertainty about the Florida receivers, whether or not they were going to be playing this year or yeah. they were going to be opting out. And that line has since moved up. And, you know, as of right now, we're not necessarily expecting massive absences in that game. And we're, keep in mind, we're basing this on the information that we have as of 3 o'clock on the dot Wednesday afternoon. So obviously these things are subject to change. Some of these lines could come down if we find out that certain players are out. That's going to be the norm in this very weird season. But as of right now, Florida, 14.5 point favorite on the road. Lane Kiffin's SEC debut. I feel like... In an, in an average year, we'd be hyping up Lane's – it shouldn't be SEC debut. It's SEC yeah. return, I guess, technically. But we would be hyping this up even more. But maybe it's because we have these relatively – I don't want to say pedestrian, but we have somewhat mediocre expectations, realistic expectations for Ole Miss this year. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, having said all that, I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover 14 and a half. Oh! Since that line has come up, and I think Florida wins this game by two scores. I do. I really yeah. do. And I, and I think, especially in the second half, the offense is going to get going. They're going to figure things out. Yeah. I'm going to trust Dan Mullen to be able to make those adjustments at halftime after what could be a slow start. But, you know, I wonder about Ole Miss with this offense and how difficult it could be for Florida to slow them down early. Now, we've talked about... Todd Grantham having success against these offenses that have a lot of turnover. Yeah. And if you've got a new play call or something like that, which could very well be the case. But I kind of wonder about how that's going to look like with all of that offensive continuity that they have, especially at the skilled player positions for Ole Miss, and if that could potentially help them out early on. So, yeah, I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover, though I still think Florida wins this game by two scores easily. Kind of, if there's anything you know about me, it's, it's two things. I love Robin Williams movies. Mm. I love Blues Traveler. You know why? Because the hook brings you back. I was terrible, terrible rendition of that song. But let me say this. It's the hook that has me in this one. 14 and a half? If it was 14, I would take Florida. The hook is what scares me, okay? Hook, 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 hook. You I hate that movie. you keep referencing that. I hate it. It's I, you a know fantastic what? movie, and you're it's stupid an for not okay liking it. Movie. It's Robin Oh, my Williams God. Anyway, moving on. It's a, You're so dumb. So, anyway, moving on. Um, okay, Florida and Ole Miss. I, I, I like Florida to win this game. There's a couple of reasons why. Dan Mullen has been really good against the spread. I think they are um, 16 and 7. 
the past sorry 17 and 9 against the spread the past two seasons and 6 and 2 against the spread as a true visitor mm. um, that being said remember last year Ole Miss was incredible against the spread 8-3 and 1 under come on Matt Luke Matt oh. Luke former head coach Ole Miss football coming in here coming in hot so I like Ole Miss to cover in this game I think it makes me a little bit nervous but I will say Kiffin Kiffin against the spread last year was also good he was 10 and 4 um, uh, and it was, I think, uh, they were an underdog in, in a lot of games. He was four of five, or four and one as an underdog. That's what it was. So I really, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about this, but I'm going to take the hook, taking Florida to pull away late. I think it's going to be a sloppy game in the first half. Florida pulls away late, wins by 14. I think Ole Miss has some some ways that it can adjust to within yeah. the cor- over the course of a game that I just think that offensively they're never really going to be down for a full 60 minutes. Right. And, and, and to cover a 14.5-point spread, you would assume that Florida is going to have a lot of success on the defensive side. And I'm, I, while I do like the Florida defense, I'm not totally sold on that from the jump against yeah. Ole Miss. All right, real quick, and I, I say this to you, I feel like, every year. If you don't start putting these games in order of best to worst instead of what time they come on TV, I'm going to punch you in the throat. That's a lot I of organization not, we are not, for me to do. No, so we're not going to talk about Kentucky Auburn next and talk about Vandy and A and M last. All right, fine. Makes we'll no switch sense. the order. We'll switch yeah. the order. Gladly, gladly. Let's let's get into the doors against the Aggies. So let's not. <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be a, a very very close game. We all expect down yeah. to the wire. Uh, Vandy's really loaded this year. I don't know if you've really been paying attention to any of the offseason, but they had a really good recruiting class. They haven't had anyone opt out. No, I, I feel bad for Vandy. I really do. Yeah. It's been rough. And, you know, right. I try, last year I was so much higher on Vandy, and I looked back at some of the stuff that I was saying about the big three, and we were excited about Keyshawn Vaughn and Kalijah Limpscomb and Jared Pinckney, and we're like, yeah. hey, Vandy might actually be relevant. And then Vandy did not proceed to no, be they were relevant. Really bad. Yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. So Vandy is a 30-and-a-half-point underdog in this game on the road against Texas A&M squad that has also been hurt by a lot of opt-outs, and that's something that we've talked about. The over-under that I have for this game, over-under two-and-a-half A&M passing touchdowns. Essentially, how much do you trust Kellen Mond to to go to the air and win this game? Yeah. Uh, Over, over. I think he'll have three touchdowns against this defense. There's a lot of stuff that I would bet on, and Vandy is not one of them, I don't think. And, And I say that because... Again, if if this was remember last year when A and M opened against Texas State, I believe, and I was like, it was like a thirty four point thirty four and a half or something like that. I took Texas Texas State Thursday night, yeah. And there was a late touchdown that scored. I think that like I don't remember how it went, but either way, I really want to pick Vandy in this against the spread. I really, mm. really do. And, and the reason why is this: A and M plays Bama the following week. I I really feel like this is going to be a vanilla game. Mm. They're not going to come out here and try to show a bunch of stuff. You know what? Yeah, I've talked myself into it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Vandy to cover. Wow. Yeah, do, I don't do like we, it. I hate do, it to be honest. Do we know based on the names of the Vandy quarterback room who is going to be <laughs> QB one for Derek? Is Mason's it Ken spot? Seals? I still don't know. We're still waiting on that. Still waiting on Baby Ken Brett. Seals. Danny Clark, like, I think I, he's going to be the guy. Preview to to what we'll talk about some of these back backstories for some of these players, but. Ken Seals does not sound like a freshman quarterback at Vanderbilt. He sounds like every person I've ever seen on a Topps baseball card from the 1970s. Yes. That is just, I mean, oof. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, think, I think A&M will, I don't think they're going to struggle at all in this one. I think it'll be a blowout, but I just don't think that they are going to 
I just don't think they're going to show much. I don't, and I don't know why they would, you know? I'm taking A&M to cover. While I agree with a lot of the points that you just said, I think this is a, a game in which they run the ball a ton. Yeah. And I think that's going to be with with Smith and Spiller, that one-two punch, they're really going to want to get them going. And while I don't necessarily think that Calamon is going to have something like 10 carries, I think that the running game is going to be prioritized because they're going to realize we have a significant advantage at the line of scrimmage. And while they're still figuring out who those new pass catchers yeah. are going to be, I think it makes more sense for them to want to impose their will on the ground. And I think they'll have a lot of success doing it. We've talked about yeah. how much Vandy is really hurting up front on, on both sides of the ball. But I, I think it that a and should cover. I think a and oh gosh, we're, we're in the middle right, of this. We're just getting into actual picks and stuff. Actual I, I SEC it. spreads. It's You know yeah. what? Sometimes you just got to take a moment to just soak so, it all in. Just soak so it all in. So pumped to go 0-7 this week in these picks. I can't wait. <laughs> We hedged on that one, so that, that's yeah. good. We got to. And, and I will say, if, from a gambling standpoint, and this is this is one reason I shouldn't I shouldn't have gone against this. And this is something I, I could easily change my mind tomorrow. Here's two stats for you: Derek Mason is on a three and ten skid against the spread. His last thirteen games, Jimbo is eight and three at A and M when they are a double digit favorite. He's eight and three against the spread mm. when they are double digit favorite. So there's that. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. The debut of Mike Leach in the SEC, Mississippi State, on the road, in Death Valley, against LSU. LSU is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under that I have, I have two for this. First over-under that I have is Kylan Hill catches. I set the over-under at four. Okay, yeah, I think over. I like that. Getting to five catches for, for a running back. Not necessarily something that we would you know be accustomed to seeing, but... That is what we expect to see from yeah. Kylan Hill this year is much more involvement in the passing game. Max Borgie, the Washington well, State running back, at 86 catches last year. Yeah, And I, th- I think it's something, too, where we've talked about this a lot, and, and I know I've been critical of well, – what's the best way to put it? Like, I mean, I just got into an argument with Brandon Walker about how I don't think they're going to utilize him that much. So I'm not critical of Kylan Hill. I think Kylan Hill's fantastic. He's one of my favorite players in the SEC. But I will also say that I, th- I don't think he would have come back to not be featured in this um, – this offense, you know? Yeah, I think at the same time, I think he com- he came back knowing what was going to be at stake here. Yeah. And the and knowing. Yeah, I mean, look at the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, the NFL right now, the, the best running backs all catch, pa- catch passes out of the backfield. Alvin Kamara, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, Hilaire. <laughs> easy Al Michaels. Um, that's that's what they do. And I think that Kylan Hill has accepted that. So it wouldn't surprise me if there are games this year in which we're like, wait a minute, Kylan Hill had more catches than carries? What, what What's going on yeah. right now? But that that is the Mike Leach offense. So I will agree. I will take the over on my own. The other over-under that I have is how many times will we hear some sort of hangover synonym to describe oh, LSU? Because, you know, roster depletion, that's like, that's one thing. And we talk about that a lot. But the, the championship hangover narrative, especially week one like this, if they get off to a slow start, you know that that's going to be a very, very commonly used phrase. Well, yeah, and plus, I think LSU fans are probably still celebrating the national championship, so they, that, that's the hangover. You I don't know? blame them, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm kind of torn on this one because it's like, just going through some of the numbers, um, Mike Leach uh, Mike Leach was 4-11. and 11. Four and eleven against the spread um, in his last fifteen games at Washington State. Mm. That's bad. Not That's good. real bad. 
Um, he was, however, 14 and 8 as an underdog during his four years there. Uh, and SEC, or uh, what do you call it? Um, LSU was not great against the SEC. I think they were just 500. Remember, they didn't cover the spread against Auburn. Uh, I believe they covered the spread against Florida, but there's somebody else at home they didn't cover the spread against in the oh, SEC. Oh, that was Vandy was on the road, but yeah. He's only four and six, uh, Coach O is, against the spread um, when it comes to, like, his numbers against the spread aren't great, I guess. His numbers against, like, top ten teams are, like, incredible. You know what right. I mean? So, as the favorite, um, 16 and a half, I, I kind of still want to take LSU. I, I, I think the real bet I might be jumping on is the over. I think the over is, like, 56 and a half or 58. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a good bet, even though if there's anything we've learned from the first couple weeks of football, that the over has not been something we've seen that much of. Um, I, this one this one scares me because, listen, it's Mike Leach's offense. It's his first game. It's it's his first game in the SEC. So they're going to get as much practice as he can get. You know what I mean? With that offense. So I don't see this being something that's like if they're up or down late, they're going to be running the football to run out clock. I, I, I think really you can make an argument for both sides that they would be still throwing the football. You know what I mean? Running their offense. And, and I think that um, – this, I, that's why I would take the over. I, I th- I'm going to take LSU to cover only because uh, Coach O said last week that he thinks that this defense could be way better than last year's defense. He's been saying so, that all, all offseason. It's, yeah. it's it, he's been very clear about that, very direct, not mincing words. Oh, yeah, you know, we got some tough pieces to replace, blah, blah, blah. Right. No, we are going to be way better on yeah. defense because I don't think he was truly satisfied with, with Dave Aranda's performance in 2019 yeah. with all of that talent. So I'm I'll take I'll, yeah go ahead. So you're, you're taking you're taking LSU to cover 16 and a half, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna take I'll take the over on the hangover synonym, but yeah. I am also gonna take I'm gonna take LSU to win big, big Ooh. like uh, 35 to seven, 35 to to 14 type seven. of seven. Yeah, I think it's gonna be rough. I think week one with that new offense is going to be difficult. And I question if they're going to be able to protect KJ Costello. I think that entire defense, which, you know, while we've talked about how much turnover they have, having someone like Derek Stingley that's going to take away half the field for you, having somebody like Jacoby Stevens who's going to be able to play in the box and is going to give you some different looks up front, I think that that LSU defense is going to come out with a vengeance. And I think they're going to be ready to go and – you know, all the attention is going to be on Mike Leach and his debut. And meanwhile, yeah. Steve Ensminger, I think, is going to call a great game. And I think that Mississippi State defense is going to struggle in week one. Mississippi State will get better, but I think we're going to be reminded of how well LSU has recruited. And we're going to see just kind of what that divide is. Because if there's, you know, if, if Mississippi State and LSU are playing in this close back and forth down to the wire game, you'll be like, all right, the, the LSU's got a long way to go. I think that yeah. would say a little bit more about LSU, but I don't think that's going to be the case, and I think LSU gets after it and, and covers with ease. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you, and I think that LSU's had also had to hear, after winning a national title and having the best season in all history, all, all, all offseason they've had to hear about how they're not going to be as good. They've had idiots like me going on here telling them that they're not going to be that good and that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, and, and I would give you a Coach O pump-up speech, but I know there's like seven people out there like, don't you do it. Um, Let's so I'm get Cash to do Coach O. Yeah! really good Dude, Coach O. He does a good Gruden, too. Did you see his Gruden? Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. But, yeah, I, so I'll, I'll, I'll spare you guys that, but I do think LSU wins. I think they win big. Um, no offense, Mississippi State fans. I just think it's, it's going to be one of those, those things where – Mississippi State, I think, with K- even with KJ Costello and one of the best running backs in the SEC, and then, you know, I'm, I really I hate to say this um, because I don't know much of the receivers. I'm excited to see Tyrell Shavers and what he looks like 
in this offense, being 6'5", running a 4-3-8, yeah. you know, and, and especially with, with that kind of setup. So I'm excited to see that. Um, it'll be interesting for sure. This is, sure. this is though, like the – like as we, this game and the one we are gonna transition to next is like when it's halftime of that, that's your beer run game, man. Mm. Then this is it's perfect time. Georgia is a twenty-six point favorite on the road against Arkansas in the Sam Pittman Bowl. Speaking of that, the references to Sam Pittman facing his former team. I set the over under at nine. Uh, I, I'm gonna say under because nine seems like a lot, but yeah. That's going to be a lot. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot. Did you know that Sam Pittman yeah. was on Kirby Smart Staff at Georgia? And they're going to show the, the picture where they highlight both of them. That like, yeah. Oh, there's Sam Pittman, and he's brighter than everybody else. Uh, I can, yeah, that. that's a good point. I also can't wait to see what picture. You know they always do that, like, that, like, that picture of like the coach side by side. And like, so like, you know, like for Saban, always be like him like glaring or something like that. I wonder what picture they're going to use of Saban, I mean, uh, of uh, Pittman. And I pray it's like, I, I pray the pictures they put for the side-by-side are Kirby jumping in the air from like three years ago and then Pittman doing the, yes, sir, like from his home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what I'm hoping for. That should just be Sam Pittman's new uh, profile pick. Like when you see, you know, they've got the mug that, that they show during a game or something like that. He needs to yeah. be mid yes, sir. I like that. For, for us to, I mean, you got to establish the brand. That's what he's trying to yeah. do year one. Agreed. I think that Arkansas actually is going to cover in this game. <laughs> 26 is 26 is a lot. I understand yeah. that Arkansas has been a doormat the last three years. I think Georgia wins comfortably. Yeah. I think the new offense has its moments. But I actually think that Arkansas will do a couple of things defensively that will be like, oh, hey, they're not terrible. They're not terrible on that side of the ball. Barry Odom yeah. has had so much time to be able to prepare prepare for Georgia. And we think this Georgia offense is going to be led by Dewan Mathis. That's kind of the assumption. I'm fired up for that. I am too. I'm really excited for it. And I, I'm, I'm high on him. I'm already on the record saying I think Georgia's going to be Bama. And I have taken oh some heat for that. Um, but I think that in this opener... There are going to be a couple of moments when we're like, oh, hey, the Arkansas defense isn't totally terrible. And if we don't see, you know, because that's asking Georgia to put up 40-plus in the opener, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. – and while I do think the defense is going to be really good, right. I could see this turning into like a, you know, a 31-7 to, to 7 or a 31-10 to 10 type of game. Yeah. So I'm going to take Arkansas to cover 26. 26 is a lot. Kirby Smart has covered his last seven regular season games away from Athens. Kirby Smart and and Georgia, they did the same thing against Vandy to start the year last year. Um, I'm taking Georgia to cover. I, again, I, I'm I'm high on Arkansas. I'm higher on Arkansas than most. Okay, mm-hmm. um, they did cover four of their last nine last year despite losing nine straight games. I don't like this. This is in my notes here um, that I copy and pasted from some somewhere. It says the Porkers were five and five as a double digit underdog the past two years. Like, that's a lot of points. I just really, really like Georgia, and I and I don't see how people score on them. I, and I, I've said it a thousand times. Now, that being said, I also don't see Kirby Smart. He has way too much respect for Sam Pittman. I don't see him running up the score. That's a good point I, as well. I, so I don't, I don't see, like, you know, and you know, the other part of that is, uh, the other part of this whole thing is if, if JT Daniels is not cleared, because he's still not medically cleared, Still not right? like, clear. They're hoping that he's going to be cleared by Saturday. So if you have somebody in there like Dwan Mathis, and then and then you play our favorite DUI lawyer, Setson Bennett the fourth. After uh, Carson that, Beck like, could be in the conversation sure. as well. 
yeah, that's fair. Um, I I don't. I mean, I think it, you would you would probably have maybe all three play. I don't know, but I'm just saying. That's, I mean, it's a lot of points. I'm still going to take Georgia to to win because I, I think this could be a 35 to seven type thing. I, mm. I just don't see teams being able to score on this defense. Um, so I would take Georgia. There you go. Flashes with the Georgia offense. I think flashes early on is going to be something that we're going to be we're saying a lot. You can yeah. see it, and you see the the potential that George Pickens is going to make some ridiculous catch downfield, and then they're going to go like three straight possessions without see, scoring, and you'll be like, all right, yeah, this I is working progress. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think I think that we are at the point in this Georgia football program where it's going to start looking like. And, again, I, I hate to compare it to it, but this is what it's built off of, those early Bama years where it's like you're going to see – it's either going to be one or two things. Where I, I, I think – I can see what you're saying. It's going to be flashes like they're going to score big. And then, you know, either way we look up at the end of this game, it's going to be a 41-10, to 38-10 type deal, I think. You know, like, like the scoreboard will reflect that Georgia dominated, I think, even though I think Arkansas will be able to do some things and get some things done, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um but that, that being said, I, I, I think that this will also be something where you've got a new offensive coordinator that's trying to implement new things. You have a pretty short time to get prepped for, you know, they have Auburn next week, Tennessee, and then Bama. Like, yeah. you got to hit the ground running. This is not something that you can just be like, hey, we're trying out some new things. Like, you got to – the offense has to be going. So, I think Georgia wins. Georgia wins big because they're going be, to be airing it out and trying to, trying to implement that new offense. Bama is a 28-point favorite on the road. What did I tell you when that line opened, Connor? That it Line opened at 20 and a half. <laughs> 20 and a half. Wow. That, that seems like a long time ago. It was like two months. And I kept saying, I was like, guys, get on this immediately because there's no way wow. this is going to happen. Yeah. The 12 Mizzou players being quarantined probably yeah. didn't help matters. But I saw that there could potentially be, you know, some differences in that. There was, uh, poten- they're going to get five of those players back, I believe, as well. Cool. But I don't think that's going to make much of a difference. Get to the pick in Bryce a minute here. Bryce Young flex game. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Sanders rushing yards. I oh. set the over under at forty. Over. Assuming that this, over. assuming this gets a little bit lopsided, which yeah. it very well could. Um, this is a, a run defense that was good last year. Was good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was under Barry Odom. Some similar defensive staff, but still a little bit different. You do have Ryan Walter still leading that unit, but I'm excited to see his debut, his much anticipated yeah. debut because. This could be the type of game where Najee Harris plays the first half and then you don't see him much the rest of the, the rest of the time because everybody knows how important he is for that offense. So th- that might be a little bit conservative, but that's essentially saying like, all right, is he going to get like seven, eight carries in a game like this? Yeah. Um, Remember last? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say Robinson should be involved as well. So yeah, I don't understand how that kid is the second best running back on this team. I just I don't get it. I, 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 and like everybody that coaches knows more than me, but I'm just sitting here looking at him like, I just, I don't see it. I don't well, see it. Well, you were, let's let's not forget that you were a freshman <laughs> coach, a freshman defensive coordinator seventh back grade, in the day. Seventh, seventh grade. grade. My bad. Okay. I think about this all the time that I never, I never once taught them, like, like I taught them how to tackle, like see what you hit, but like there was never any, like schemes, stunts, twists, any, any jamming at the line. It was just line like. Line it up and go. Yeah, line it up and go, brother. Which you can do on offense, not defense. No, no um, is it my turn to get excited? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, go ahead because I know that you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have a lot of Uncle Chris advice for this one. I don't have that much. Of, I'm just so excited to watch them come out of the tunnel and just 
in their clean all white road unis. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I'm also really excited for the Eli Drinkwitz era at Mizzou. He's, he's already proven the offseason. He's one of the most fun interviews, like guys on camera. Like, like I think, I hope he stays there for a long time because he's, he's a lot of fun to listen to. You know what I mean? And, and I love what he did at App State. Um, do you know what Missouri's record was against the spread in their last seven games last year? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say one in six. 0-7, oh, so you uh, Do you know what the – Bama's played Mizzou um, three times in their lifetime. I have been at two of the three games. Do you know what the minimum Alabama has beat, beaten Mizzou by in all three of those games? I'm going to say 35. 29. Close. What's the line again? 28. Bama covers, Bama covers big. Take the under in this one because I don't think Missouri is going to score more than a touchdown unless they're, like, on offense at least. Maybe something happens on defense. I said this last season, and I shouldn't have. Revenge season, the revenge tour, coming in hot. I'm going to double down on it. This year's going to be the revenge tour, and here's why, Connor. I was in bed the other night. We're watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine like we do. And I, sorry. And so I, yeah, sorry, guys. Um... So we, I'm like scrolling through my phone and I see a quote from Dylan Moses who said he wanted to, one, strike fear into the heart of his opponent, which I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And then said he thinks this team has the ability to be the greatest team of all time. Hmm. Now that's big. I mean, that's, you're just saying things and you're, and you're getting people excited maybe for no reason. And there's a lot of good teams in the SEC this year. I'm on record as saying that I don't think Bama wins the SEC championship. I think Georgia does over Bama. But that being said, game one against Mizzou, when you've got a point to prove, if you coming off that miserable, terribly deflating 11-2 season, okay? Finishing, I think they were in the top 10, right? They finished in the top 10? Finished 10th. Doesn't really matter. It's pathetic either way. I mean, 10th? You lose two games by eight points? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's, it's, the dynasty's dead. They're going to come out there and hammer Mizzou. Take, take the under, take the first half points, which is 15 and a half. Um, I, I'm going to jump on the first quarter line as well whenever that comes out, which will probably be 10. Get all over it. I think Bama's got a point to prove this year. And, and again, it has nothing to do with who's coming back, okay? It has, like, in a year of uncertainty, we've, I've said this over and over and over again, it has nothing to do with who's coming back, like, on the field for, for players. It has everything to do with the fact they have 9 of 10 returning on-field assistance and both coordinators. Mm. Alabama is out to prove a point this year, and I think for the fourth time against Mizzou, they win by 29 or more. The number 29 that you just brought up. Saban has won all 13 <laughs> openers. Yeah. How much has he won those openers by an average of? 29 points. 29 points. Is that real? That is real. Saban, according to AL.com, shout yeah. out Christopher Smith, Saban has covered the spread 12 of 13 times. I'm telling you, dude. I'm going to take Alabama to cover because betting against Alabama in the opener just wouldn't make yeah. much sense ever. It just doesn't make much sense to bet against Saban when he's got that much time to prepare. And I understand that Mizzou's offense, I've gone on record saying I think it could be very interesting. I'm excited to see what the yeah. ground game could do. Big bounce back year for Larry Roundtree. Excited what Tyler Beatty's going to do catching passes out of the backfield. Maybe be a little bit of a Jalen Samuels type guy. But 
I'm not betting against Bama in the opener. Come on, man. No. Like, after the oh. year that was, we think Bama's going to come out sleepy? No. Yeah. No. I just um, can't see it. So, I got one for you. Over under five sacks. Mm. I'll take the over on that. Yeah, given what they, given cool. the experience in the front seven and what we're expecting to be a Mizzou team that's struggling with some depth, playing in a new offense, it's going to yeah. be a new starting quarterback. I will take the over on that just because LeBron Ray, I think, is getting multiple sacks week one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian Barmore, if he's healthy, good for one. Yeah, okay, I could easily talk myself into over yeah. five. Um, okay, we got to hurry up because we're already 36 minutes. That's all right. That's the all right. two games of the week, baby. I'm so fired up for these two games. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against South Carolina, the hottest place on earth. I have the over-under for Tennessee quarterbacks who attempt a pass, and I have the over-under at a very simple 1.5. Does it have to be an over? Or I mean, does it have to be a quarterback? I said Tennessee quarterbacks who okay. attempt a pass. I'm going to take the over because I, I think Tennessee's going to struggle in this game. Mm. I, and and I'll take the over, but I'll, I'll start on this one, okay? There's a stat. I was looking up stuff this offseason, and I stumbled across something that I – it, like, stopped me in my tracks. It, it shook me to my core, Connor. I don't Will Muschamp's like us. That, too. But Will Muschamp's record against Tennessee – all time as a head coach at Florida and South Carolina. Do you know what it is? Six and one? Seven and one. Hmm. First loss was last year. I, I just, I get the feeling that we are underestimating that Will Muschamp defense this season. I don't think that offense is going to be great. I'm definitely taking the under. I haven't even looked and see what the under is, but I'm taking the under in this game. I, you know, this game started out, it opened at, at a pick I think, or maybe Carolina was, was favored. But the the home team being the underdog, I think too much of this we're going off of off of last year. I'm definitely taking the three and a half, and I'll take I'll take Carolina to not lose by by three um, or by more than three. I, I'm also going to pick South Carolina to win outright, and and, mm. and now and I'm saying that by saying I wouldn't be surprised either way. I would I, like I, I would not be surprised at all if I was wrong at all. I think Tennessee building off the momentum they've had this off season. Jeremy Pruitt, you're three. Building up the momentum of what they had to close out last season and, and a lot more stability in that program defensively, on the offensive line, doing things that you like that, that are foundational to to have like success. Like having an offensive line, being able to run the football, Eric Ray running back, all those things. I just get the feeling that this is a desperate, desperate team for South Carolina and a desperate head coach that has to win this game. Because if they don't win this game, Connor, they're not beating Florida on the road. They'll, they'll beat Vandy. They might not beat Auburn. They're not going to beat LSU. You're talking about a one and one and four start that he cannot afford to have. I think I think Will Muschamp has had this circled. When and you talk about Tennessee, and, and this is not like a slight at all Tennessee. This is going to be a great football game. It's going to be. I mean, I hate to use this word, Connor. Slobber knocker, man. Come on there now. There we go. There you go. So I, I I hate to. I honestly hate to pick a team in this because I think both teams are gonna gonna be like it's gonna be a very hard fought game where both teams maybe even deserve to win. Um, but I just get the feeling that when we've talked on the all off season, like one of the questions I've even asked for Tennessee and Tennessee fans and media is, who do they beat first, Florida, Georgia, or Bama? And and, and fans just so so eager to win one of those games. I just get the feeling that South Carolina has has this game circled. Mm. Like this, they have to win this game. 
I'm taking South Carolina to win straight up um, and cover the points. And, and whatever the under is, take it. Did your opinion change when you saw that Colin Hill was the love child of Jake Fromm and Gardner Minshew? Shout out to Emory Picker. I have to give him credit for this because that was his joke. Uh, it was fire. It was fire. It was so it really good. Was. Dude, yeah. I, looked on, I looked on Twitter this morning, and I, and I was like, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I go, oh, my God, that's incredible. I texted him personally, and I was like, Emory, I'm, I'm using this joke. When we finally got for lunch, I'm buying drinks, I'm buying food, it's all on me. And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. So then I tweeted it, and I checked it this morning. It had like 2,500 likes. I said it was he was quarantined Jake Fromm. That's, that's like good. that's that's the next level of that. Yeah. I, I, I like that. That's that one's even. Oh, better. you're his, the next level joke of that. It was no, no, no. His is the next level. <laughs> Emery's joke is better than mine. Better than yeah. mine. Much better. <laughs> Everybody's making the Stephen Car- Garcia thing, and it's like, yeah, I get yeah. it. They got long hair. They got a beard. Whatever. Yeah, but that was dumb. Yeah, no. Come on, have a little bit of nuance to your take. I know, and I love Stephen Garcia. Stephen Garcia. Let me tell you something. No offense, Colin Spence. Stephen Garcia is a better looking man than you. Mm. I'll say it. Colin yeah. Hill, shots fired. I am going to take Tennessee to win, South Carolina to cover in a 20-17 to 17 type game. Great. That, that three-and-a-half-point spread, yeah. I, I wonder about that. The, the, little, the little hook on the three, the li- yeah. little hook. I think this is a game in which is going to come down to those late adjustments. Yeah. And what did Tennessee do so well time and time mm-hmm. again last year? They made those second-half adjustments. They had Jeremy Pruitt go into the locker room and say, this is how we're going to shut them down. Yeah. I think once he gets some film of Colin Hill in this offense with Mike Bobo and sees what kind of skill players are actually like capable of attacking, is it just Jai Smith, what does their ground game look like, I'm going to trust Jeremy Pruitt to make those right adjustments and to be able to pull out a down-to-the-wire type game in which – Jared Garantano doesn't look particularly good, yeah. but Tennessee gets a game-winning field goal to come out alive in what's going to be just a great back-and-forth, kind of a little bit of an old-school smash-mouth defensive-fueled yeah. game in the SEC. I, I, I mean, honestly, man, I love that pick. The under, the over-under is 43-and-a-half. I, mm. I, I love – like, this, this is one of those things where I could, I could easily be like, you know what, I'll take Carolina – I'll tease it and take the under at 50 and Carolina plus 10 – or I could easily talk myself into being like, I'll take the Tennessee money line in, in the under. Like I just, it's it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a great game. I can't wait. The game of the week, as far as I'm concerned, in the SEC: Kentucky on the road at Jordan Hare, taking on Auburn. Auburn is a seven and a half point favorite. I've got two over unders for you. Over under eight shots of Chad Morris, who will be on the sidelines for under. this one, not up in the booth. Chad Morris is not an attractive man. No offense, Chad. Whoa! He's not. Hate on Chad's looks Chad, like that. Chad Morris looks like he's a guy. If, he's just a who's guy. The, he's just a, but no. Like, who's the guy? It was a Boomer from King of the Hill. The one with the hat. Like the guy. The guy with the hat from King of the Hill. That's Chad Morris, but he's just not wearing a hat. Like he. He's just. He's just. They're built the same. They are built the same. They're built like like Gumby with white skin. Same breed of human. But yeah. short. Yeah. 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 Okay, the other over-under that's probably more intriguing and more relevant, our buddy Tom Hart is going to be on the call yeah. for this game along with Jordan Rogers and Cole Kubelik. So my over-under is shots of Tom Hart's dog, Larry. I set the over-under at one. We better hit the over on that. Um, I'm going to say under because I think they're going to be live. I think they're all going to be together. Oh, but the, you don't think they have something something queued up, ready to go for a shot of Larry? Because Larry has been a very <laughs> prominent Larry, fixture so far of college football. <laughs> if you've watched Tom's broadcast from home, Larry is basically on this like frame print in the background. No, it's so great. no, it's so it's so messed up, and it's, it pisses me off because this is like one of the foundations of me and him being friends. Is he got this damn 
picture of Larry last Christmas for Christmas, right? His wife got him for him, and it was a like an art print of Larry. It's good. And Larry, Larry is like the, he's like the cutest, dumbest looking dog. No offense, I mean that in a positive way. But like, and what you should really honestly do is follow his Instagram because he'll go on walks with oh, him yeah. and just it's play great. rap songs along yep. with it. It's, it's a riot. But he had that made at the same exact time I had one made for Allie that was from. Like, I forgot the name of the site, and I wish I knew what it was because I'd put him on blast right now. But it was, like, of Queso dressed up in, like, this regal way with just his head. <laughs> You've seen ads for it now because it's, like, blown up. But it's, like, Queso's head on the body of, like, a duke from, like, the 1700s. And I paid $70 of it for it to be rush-ordered, and it was going to be here by Christmas Eve. I never got it. It was a scam. The whole thing was a wow. scam. And it, they never sent it to me. And they kept sending me emails all throughout March, saying, like, like, so sorry, we're just on back order. Things have been busy. Like, give us time with the quarantine. Nothing. And then I found out from, like, like putting him on blast, and I was like, I did the same thing. It's a scam. So That's I'm jealous awful. AF of the Larry Dang. picture. Yeah. Well, that was that got personal in a Sorry. Hurt. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> All right. I will take – I'm going to take Kentucky straight up. Straight up. I've been yeah. adamant about this even when the line came down to 7.5. No, 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 no. I'm not taking that bait. Just yeah, I, I'm taking Kentucky to win this game outright because I just have such fewer questions about Kentucky. Kentucky is going to win that battle in the trenches. I firmly believe that. I think what they have coming back in the front seven and on that offensive line, yeah. they're built differently than what we're used to seeing a typical Kentucky team. And they have it's not just like they have these two star guys who have like been able to shine against the weaker division. Like yeah. these are four star guys they have on the offensive line, and like they they are just built differently than what we have come to know of Kentucky in years past. Yeah. And I think that in the opener, the only concern I have, the only concern is that people have been too high sipping the Kentucky Kool-Aid because I would like it a little bit more, a little bit more, if that wasn't everybody's upset pick this yeah. week. But it seems like it is. Okay, so I'm going to make this pick, and then we're going to go right into bold predictions because I'm going to I'm gonna give you my first bold prediction here. Let's do it. And, and I hate to do this, Auburn fans, because this has – I've been saying it all – I already said it on Tuesday or on Monday. I, I think I – think uh, Kentucky wins this game. I think that with Terry Wilson coming back, I think I think Kentucky has too much juice for Auburn. And I know that sounds weird to say out loud. And and I love some of the, especially from a, a skill position standpoint, some of like from from each level that seems like there's one there's one guy that I really love from Auburn's defense. Uh, I'm eager to see Big Cat Williams and see what he's able to do in this defense if he can finally take the next step. Um, I, I, my thing is this, man. When's the last time we've looked at an Auburn team and think and thought, wow, they don't have as good of a running game or good of running backs as Kentucky? Mm. I, Kentucky has a staple of backs. <laughs> like they have, like they. I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. Like they, they are going to be very sound on offense. Their that offensive line is not messing around, and I just think that where Kentucky is strong, Auburn is weak, and and. Outside of being able to exploit them and take advantage of, of the, the people lost in the secondary for Auburn, maybe at receiver for Kentucky, everywhere else I look, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this Kentucky offensive line, yeah. maybe one of the best in the country, is like returning four or five, and you look at Auburn's D-line, and I know we talk about Kevin Steele and how great they are and all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to beat the, a dead horse of everything that I've always said, I've been saying all offseason about how when you lose generational type talent on that D line, I don't see how Kentucky isn't able to push them around. At least, like you know, in the beginning, when you start having, like, I think they're going to be able to open up holes for those running backs. And I think that once they start doing that, they're going to have to stack the box, and then you start opening up some of the play action pass and letting Terry Wilson use his legs and stuff like that, and some mm-hmm. of the, like the fakes and the RPOs. 
I have Kentucky winning outright, and my bold prediction, number one for this week, I think Kentucky beats him by a touchdown or more, maybe double digits. Now, I also want to say one thing. I can easily see this not happening. One, because it's Auburn, and in the year of a pandemic, when everything's gone wrong, especially for me emotionally, I can just easily see Auburn going, running the table, undefeated, all that kind of stuff. But I could also very realistically, like not making a joke here, this entire game, like Kentucky could put together a perfect game. It could be like a back and forth battle. And I just, I, I have this weird lingering feeling that as, as confident as I am in Kentucky, that Anthony Schwartz could make all this just disappear with mm. one play. You know yep. what I mean? He could. Got to think there's going to be some more wrinkles for him in that offense with that speed. My, one of my bull predictions, Christopher Rodriguez has more scrimmage yards than any Kentucky or Auburn player. Yeah. I'm including the quarterbacks in that. Somebody who is second on that depth chart and it's just been a monster. Somebody that has been relied on more than probably what they initially expected. Yeah. I know Cavassier Smoke and AJ Rose, they're you know, those they rely on those guys a lot as well. But Christopher Rodriguez is the home run hitter in that backfield. I think Hello. he ends up having a big, big day. And then on the other side, I think Tank Bigsby, the true freshman, yeah. ends up leading Auburn in rushing. Ooh, Not DJ like Williams, who I've I've spoken praise to him. And not Sean Shivers either, who um, decapitated Xavier McKinney. But um, (laughs) I think Tank Bigsby has a big day. There's been a lot of good good things about him coming out of camp. Okay, I like that. Um, I'll start with my favorite team, and I'll say that I think Bama's defense and special teams outscore Missouri's offense. Wow. Okay. Along those lines, five touchdown passes for Mac Jones. What? Five. That's a lot. Yes, that is a lot. But yeah. in a game in which you know, you know he understands the dynamics at play here. Yeah. And if there are, there are times when he's going to want to take advantage of some of these matchups and exploit them, I think that he is going to be able to do that. And keep in mind, like Jalen Waddle, little slip through, you know, fifteen yards, and then he just slips yeah. through the secondary. That, that that all counts the same. That's going to look the same for, for Mac Jones in um, the scorebook. How many more do you have? I have two. I have I have one. This is like on Christmas. It's like on Christmas when you're like, <laughs> "How many more presents do you have right. over there, Ryan?" Like, "Oh, I've got three. Oh, I've got two. Uh, why don't you open one? Go ahead." Um. Okay. So my. Okay. Okay. My. I, I don't think either offense for Tennessee and South Carolina has more than 350 total yards. Oh, okay. I like that. I was gonna say 300, but I, I want to say I, I think one team will have over 300. I'm not sure. I just I, I just really get the feeling, and that's not even saying it's gonna be like this like horribly offensive game. I just think both those defenses are gonna be really good. Passing wise, I think it's gonna be tough. Yeah, go. I think it's gonna be a yeah. really tough go for both. Well, running wise for South Carolina, <laughs> that too, that too. I think Vandy and Arkansas will both score a touchdown first in their games. You're an idiot. How's that for both? Is it? Hey, you that's know what? So so dumb. And what they do after that is totally irrelevant because I both think that I think both of them are going to get smoked and beat by yeah. several scores. But I'll even go out on a limb and say I think it's a Danny Clark quarterback scramble for the first Ooh. touchdown for Vandy, and they get on the board ahead of A and M, put them on their heels a little bit, yeah. and then I think it's an Arkansas screen pass to Traylon Burks, who doesn't have the, the 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 career touchdown yet. He's, he's yeah. sitting on a goose egg, but he's been tremendous in camp. Kendall Bryles has talked about how excited he is to use him in a variety of roles. Could definitely see that bubble screen play and Traylon Burks getting on the board. A very encouraging way to start off the Sam Pittman era, and then things might go downhill after that. 
Miles Brennan. Oh, Listen boy. up, LSU fans. Miles Brennan has three touchdown passes in the first half. Oh, yeah. I think dang. so. I, and I think he has more than four in the game total. My, I just I. I've sat here, and, and now after we've talked about it, especially after, after seeing Cocho and Coco on on 60 Minutes the other day, you know, I think if there's one thing we've learned from this LSU team, it's that, like, you know, that whole thing about we come and we ain't backing down is not just something he was saying. I, I really, I think that, like, I still say they take a step back. I think, you know, they're not going to be as good as they were last year by any means. But I get the feeling in, in, in times when you can flex on somebody – like Coach O is going to flex on you, and I just don't think that this Mississippi State defense is going to be very good, and they're going to be eager to prove a point that, yeah, Joe Burrow's gone, yeah, Jam- Jamar Chase is gone, yeah, we lost 14 players in the NFL, all that kind of stuff. Watch what we're still able to do, and and mm. see, Stevens Minger, flex, flex game. game, love there it. You go, love you go. it. Before we get to our first ever installment of the All Neighbor All Name Team, Marler. I know you're going to have a lot of action this weekend with our friends at MyBookie. Connor, the only downside of doing this first uh, podcast this season, in season, you know what it is? It says we're doing it on a Wednesday because it's got to mm. come out on Thursday. I keep getting thrown off. I keep getting excited because I keep looking at MyBookie, and I keep thinking it's Thursday and there's football on the night. It, there's not right when we're recording, but there is when you are listening to this, and that is good news because it is not just hoodie season football season it is winning season over at my bookie get over there to mybookie.ag today sign up use the promo code sds they will match your initial deposit so a hundred dollars becomes two hundred dollars um use use it immediately get on over there we, we are I, outside of what emory picker told you last week because he didn't pay attention to all the picks outside of what tommy o'rourke complained about last week your boy went nine and three your boy's on fire let's keep it rolling we got a lot of stuff going on and you know you know connor that we're done. We're basically done with work. Well, I mean, I am for like at least the next day. What? Friday's our off day. Friday's our off day usually. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I tell you what I'm going to be doing all day Friday. Getting all pumped up and then researching gambling lines. And so you know that come Saturday, Uncle Chris is going to have a lot of good bets for you. And also, we're going to be doing the Facebook Live sponsored by MyBookie Saturday morning as well. So get over to MyBookie.ag today. Make sure you use the promo code SDS. Double up your money on that initial bonus. Um, there you go, man. I'm, I'm pumped. I definitely have to reprogram myself to be like, oh, yeah, Friday, you should take that off because you work all weekend now, and you should probably have yeah. a day where you like just kind of wind down or do, do, like, yeah. some, do like some long-term stuff on, on a Friday. Yep. The first ever SEC all-neighbor, <laughs> all-name team. Marler, can you tell us about the origins of this? So, <laughs> it's, just, it's just me being stupid, uh, to be honest. It, it, it's like, we talked about this last year when Terry Wilson, and I was just like... It was two years it, ago. Two years ago. It's two, two years ago, Terry Wilson, and I'm just saying his name. It's like, you ever just hear a name, it just makes you think, like, something specific about that guy, okay? Yeah. Like, like, and Terry Wilson just sounds like your, your neighbor. He just, like, oh, neighbor Terry Wilson. And so, it just kind of took a life on its own, became something, and took, a, took on a life of its own, and just... Terry Wilson bringing the potato salad to the games. I love what Gary Joe Collins said earlier. He's like, he's not going to have time to, to be bringing the potato salad okay, mm-hmm. anymore because he's got, he's got a lot of stuff going on there at Kentucky. But it got us thinking, like, who else in the SEC? Like, wh- what would the all-name team be? So we spent hours this week. I really um, did, too. <laughs> yeah, too much time. Um, going through it. Like, and I, I realized very quickly when I was going through it, 
because I, I started going through it and was like, all right, I'm going to go through every single roster. And I got yep, like, my half on or Lindy's or whatever, and I was like, all right, like the first one. And I'm like going through Florida, and I was like, God, I've got like seven already. <laughs> Florida has three players that are the third or fourth on their team. Like, like so-and-so the third, so-and-so the fourth. So we tried to whittle it down a little bit. Connor, how many do you have? I think I've got like 17, something like that. I've got a lot. So, something like um, that. And, <laughs> so and of course... Minor, though. Ooh, I have 25, and we have a couple that are the same. Yeah, that's so the whole point of this was to say who who is who is who are the um, the names in, on SEC teams that just sound like the most like I don't know like mon- not mundane but just generic neighborly, neighborly yeah. names. Uh, so there you go. I love a, a two syllable full name, a name yeah. that you can shout. You can you're, you're over your fence, and you can shout. Hey, like Rick Wells, what's going on, man? Yep. Like easy. Those those are our money. So you in have the Rick bank. Wells, so do yeah. I. Yes, Florida receiver. That was an obvious one for me. Um, I have Jerry Jacobs, the Arkansas defensive back from South Cobb High School in Atlanta. Um, That's a good one. Everybody's got a neighbor, neighbor named Jerry. That's Jerry Jacobs. Hell, Jerry, Jerry Jacobs just retired, Connor. Jerry Jacobs is enjoying new hobbies. He's, he bought yeah. himself a hammock. He's in the back. He's, he's been doing well. He, you see him trying to hang that hammock, brother. I tell you oh. what, man, he about fell over three times. I, I, but he's you talking about one of the best woodworkers you've ever you've ever seen. Jerry Jacobs. Jerry. Tell him to build you a birdhouse. Ask Ooh, him. Good idea. Uh, Luke Jones, Arkansas offensive lineman, Notre uh-huh. Dame transfer as well. I actually have a neighbor, Luke. So like a neighbor, Luke, just yep. kind of speaks to me. Again, mm-hmm. two syllable, quick. Uh, Brian Branch, the Alabama defensive back, because every neighborhood also has a Brian. There's, you know, there's I didn't a find Brian. a single one from Bama. Really? Oh, I'm surprised. Because well, I, I also started going off based off of their projected starters because I had so many that I was writing. And he wasn't yeah. a projected starter, but mm-hmm. I like that. Clark Griffin, the Alabama linebacker. I just thought of Clark Griswold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Clark Griswold is everybody's neighbor. Harold Joyner, the Auburn Harold? running back. Yeah. Joiner, Harold, aka <laughs> Harry. So we've got Terry, Larry, and Harry. And Harry, I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, and then there's also we we already mentioned Rick Wells, Matt Landers, the Georgia receiver, mm-hmm. because that's basically Flanders, bro. The Georgia receiving core. There's a so, I think Arkansas D line or, or defensive backs. Maybe I can't remember. I'm sorry, Arkansas offensive line, Auburn defensive backs. I want to say. And then Georgia receivers. You could have you could have made a case to have a minimum half of, of, of the players from each of those be on this list. Even George Pickens is a good neighborly. Yeah. Team. Yeah, it really is. I voted for him last year for state senate. <laughs> Bill Norton, Georgia defensive lineman. That, that guy. You need to see this guy. <laughs> if you don't know who Bill Norton is, right now, pause this podcast or continue listening to it yeah. and Google Bill Norton because that guy lives in your neighborhood and he's a pyro. And that guy tries to blow everything up. You know that that guy on 4th of July is going to be lighting off fireworks at 2 o'clock. Bill Norton, Georgia defensive lineman. He is that guy. 45. Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's terrifying. I think think a real Bill Norton um, is a guy who just just Bill Norton, the name alone just sounds like someone It's like, Man, I guess him and Mary are still married. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I tell you what, they've been they've been just inching towards a divorce for years. But I guess I guess he's still keeping them around. They're gonna make it work. They're gonna make yeah. it work. Jay Ward, the LSU cornerback, that just made me think of Jay Woody. And Jay Woody sounds. Yeah. Jay Woody is is our favorite neighbor. Um, our internet yeah. neighbor, not actually our neighbor, but 
Um, Jay, Jay sounds very neighborly. Brad Cumbus? Real quick, State I went to college with a Jay Ward, who is the least neighborly person in the world. And if Aaron Clark is listening right now, I would love for him to chime in on what mm. that is because there's just a horrific story that I would share with you off air because you can't mm. say it. It's not suitable for work. Good to know. Uh, Brad Cumbus, I could just picture myself saying, oh, barbecue at Brad's. Yeah, let's go over to Brad's house. I'm for... wildly offended by that. Brad, Brad's not a name that... that... We're going to a barbecue at Brad's. I mean, we're go- if we're going to a, a, na- a neighborhood barbecue, it's going to be at Terry's. Yeah, it's going to be at Terry's. Screw Brad. Terry's he just out- moved in. Maybe Terry's out of town. You know, Terry and Larry are out of town, and you got to go somewhere else on the cold sack. But yeah. like Brad's cooking up some weird stuff, and you're like, yeah. oh, I don't know about this. You're not really going with the basics. I'm kind of intimidated. Andrew Griffith, the Ole Miss yeah. linebacker. His name is basically Andy Griffith. So it is Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Staley, South Carolina <laughs> running back. He shows up to the barbecue, and you're like, Bruce. You got to have that guy. World, but yeah, okay. Got to have that. Uh, Joe Doyle, the Bruce, I am your father. Am I right, dude? Sorry, man. I've had like seven Miller lots. <laughs> Joe Doyle, the Tennessee punter. Joe Doyle rules. That I mean, is brilliant. That's my favorite yeah. thing you've written on here, yeah. Get to say that. Uh, Connor Blumrick, the, te- the Texas A&M running back, because I think I have a neighborly name, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Connor Blumrick right. sounds like he sounds like somebody. No offense, this is not about you, but Connor Blumrick sounds like somebody I would never want to hang out with, and easily sounds like somebody's like I bet he's a spy. I, I swear mm-hmm. to God, you see him in, the, in his garage. I always see his lights on in his garage at like after eleven thirty. Like everyone else is asleep. What are you doing in there, Connor? Yeah, okay. why is why is it always so dark? Why is it always so yeah, dark at Connor's exactly. place? Exactly. I think I just identified myself as a, as a creeper, which not serial killer. Yeah. The last one I got. Just wanted to be able to say this, Ben Cox. Vanderbilt offensive lineman. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, so here's mine. And I got to say, I just think mine's better because it is. So mm. let's get right into it. Wow. Rick Wells, I had him on mine. Now, one person you didn't talk about here, and I I think he uh, he just retired from being school board superintendent, Gene DeLance. How do you forget Gene DeLance, brother, from Florida? He was Gene- I mean, a hell of an educator, hell of an educator. Gene had a long, successful career in, in this business, and yep. you know, thirty years, thirty years in the public school system, just time to hang yep. it up. Um, then Tommy Bush from Georgia, and Tommy, like I, I like Tommy. He means well. Uh, he's got a Ford Raptor for sure. I just, he also sounds like somebody named that, that probably yells at his wife in an old Navy parking lot, and or to always tells you he could have made it in the pros if he didn't blow out his arm. That Tommy Bush sounds like every person's ever been like, I should have been all pro, but you know, I blew up my arm when I was 17. Tommy Bush is a big porch guy, but he's not a big mow the lawn guy. Yes, yes. I hate that. How can you sit on your porch so on the long porch while his son does it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy, I mean, he's got a son too. That kid should be in juvie. I'll say it. No one else will. <laughs> um, Bill Norton, we've already been over. I, dude, I got one for you. How about Walter Grant? Mm. <laughs> Walter. Walter. Walter and his wife Jean, they've actually they actually have been in this neighborhood since before it was a neighborhood. They they own the rest of the land. Did you know that? Oh gosh. Yeah, that's why their house is so dated. Um going over to Kentucky, Alan Daly Jr. Mmm. Alan, he actually is a program uh, director uh, at, at NPR, and and he's he's a good guy. I just don't like that he wears like those those wacky Christmas ties year round. It's just like we get it, dude. We get yeah. it. Yeah, you're festive. Cool. Yeah. Um, Phil Hoskins. <laughs> Phil, Phil Hoskins, Phil. neighbor Phil, <laughs> neighbor Phil. Um, t- obviously Terry Wilson, Larry Roundtree. Now we're now we're moving into Mizzou. Um, Jack Buford, 
I like Jack, Jack is it just a name in general. Jack is just a yeah. good name. If you have a Jack yeah. in your neighborhood, you're like, that guy gets it. That guy, that guy gets it. Um, Brad Johnson. Now, Brad, he's coached all the Little League teams for mm-hmm. years. I mean, and a great guy. I mean, a really good guy. Um, still in a little bit of trouble because he did cuss out that umpire last year. But I heard he had it coming, man. He was calling, calling curveballs two feet outside. And the kids are 11. They shouldn't even be throwing curveballs. Brad definitely had a midlife crisis. Bought a motorcycle. <laughs> um, my favorite on here, Ken Seals. I, I just, again, yeah. I, there's not a better comp on here, in my opinion, than saying Ken, Ken Seals sounds like every single Topps baseball card from the 1970s ever. It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Has a mustache, um, looks like he's 45, and then you look on the back of the card and you're like, this dude is 24? What? Right. <laughs> um, okay, Dan Dawkins. Mm, that's good. Oh, that is really good. Dan, yeah, Dan, also a woodworker from Vandy. Um, Mike Woods. Now, Mike Woods, and he's an Arkansas receiver, and Ricky Stromberg. Now, those are neighbors. Those are neighbors that both, I heard they like to swing a little bit, and the only reason I say that is because of the way they started dressing. They definitely had a midlife crisis. Ricky Stromberg, Mike Woods, every time I see him, they got white Oakleys on and Coles jeans. I hate it. They were big into the belt buckles about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Stromberg sounds like ev- the name of every person that takes a, uh, a a profile pic selfie and puts it on Facebook, like from the front seat of their car. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, you're going there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he sounds. I'm just saying it sounds like it. Um, okay, moving on over to the West, more uh, Roger McCreary. Mm. Raj, Raj was a, I think I believe he was a, a police officer for years and years until he got he he got arthritis in his thumbs. I don't know why. People are sick of... He gets really sick of people using the, the joke, Roger that. He gets very mm. frustrated with it. He's like, all right, heard it a million times. If anybody says Sorry. that to him, he gets really he gets really violent and defensive. Do you see how mad he got when my, my damn uh, lawnmower backfired last week? Because he's got PTSD from all them years on the force. Mm. I uh-huh. can believe that. Um, Todd Harris Jr. <laughs> Todd, Todd Harris is just... Oh, man. just like, He sounds like he was born with like... A pleated umbilical cord. Just, I mean, right out of the womb. Uh, Royce Newman. That? Yeah, that absolutely. I mean, they can do anything now. Dang. Royce Newman. Royce. Royce and Walter. Now, Royce, we're talking about R-O-Y-C-E, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, okay. Yeah. Because that that in itself, Royce, it rhymes, it almost rhymes with moist. And whenever I or say Joyce. it, I just get like, yeah, yeah or Joyce. Okay, that's the better one. <laughs> It, there's nothing that sounds like it, so it's just like yeah. nobody ever quite knows any. I feel like I've never met anybody named Royce that I could. You've never was, met anybody named Royce? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Connor, I, I literally. I, I have family in Alabama named Royce and Joyce. They're married to each other. So oh, what I was going to say is, if, Royce and Joyce, man, they, they live they live down the street. I tell you what, my wife gets on me all the time about my cholesterol and my blood pressure. Royce ain't had nothing but a sausage biscuit every morning for breakfast since 1978, and he, he's still ticking. He's 83 years old. Good for Royce. Good for Royce. I got a couple more here. Greg Island. Or Eland. Uh, Greg's not okay. invited to anything. We invite him out of pity, but only because his wife's hot. I just, I don't like that name. Um, Fred Peters. Yeah, that's a very neighborly name. Yeah. Fred Peters sounds like the guy that has the best Christmas display, but nobody really likes. Um, Dan Moore Jr. And then my favorite, again, now, he got a little bit heated. Um, because who who was the Bill Norton who ran for for state senate last year? Mm-hmm. He ran a, a pose to Buddy Johnson, and Buddy Johnson, the linebacker from A and M, 
Those two have been fighting for years. They, I mean, they, they, they even bought the same damn Ford Taurus while I remember in 1993, and they, whew, you want to talk about a heated Christmas, brother. Buddy comes from a large family, and when he was in, like, fifth grade, his parents decided to just start calling him Buddy because he was friendly hey, to buddy. everybody. And when he got, like, you know, you got, like, six boys and three girls in the family, it's like, hey, Buddy, hey, what's going on? And so we just kind of went with that. it. Yeah. That was good. We had a lot of a lot of selections for the all neighbor. Maybe the most team. fun I've ever had on this podcast. Oh gosh, I, I had moments yesterday putting that together where I'm like, "What am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> what am what am I looking for right now?" Yeah. Um, but yes, if you have any selections, let us know as well. All right, it is the first 2020 edition of winning and boozing. Marler has been boozing this entire episode, so... I've been drinking LaCroix and green tea, bro. Uh, different kind of... You can spike it, yeah. whatever. Sure. So, let's go to Winning and Boozing. What's up, guys? Welcome in to Winning and Boozing. I'm here with a good friend of mine. You clapped him back from the dead. He was he was being old Tinkerbell um, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, whatever. Tyler Huck, how the hell are you? Uh, never been worse, but uh, otherwise, sports-wise, I guess. Yeah. Everything else is doing fine. Uh, well, Tyler despite the fact that we're in a Florida pandemic. State fan. Um, oh, in, in Chris. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say. You got to add on that, uh, you know, when you root for the Falcons and Florida State in one weekend, um, it's just bound to be bad. You know, you, you almost look forward to going back to work on Monday. That's how bad it is. Ooh, well, I like my job. So yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. But I also, that, that was the worst. The, the, like the fact that the, the Cowboys were like, dude, we're not even going to tee it up. Like, who cares? Like, who cares, bro? And then they didn't. And then it was like, okay, cool. Um, anyway, regardless, welcome in. We are back with some winning and boozing. We're going to try to keep this brief because I told my fiance we'd be done five minutes ago. But guess who couldn't figure out technology? Me. again shock yeah um okay so if you are unfamiliar with winning and boozing you're a loser first off um what we do is this now this has been my baby for seven years uh tyler and me we started doing a podcast what 2017 yeah, yeah. 2017 because it was when Allie came to visit and we did it. we were like yeah we'll do like 30 minutes bro and it was like two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> um so we are going to pick some games SEC games, and then we're going to tell you, more importantly, what booze to have at each tailgate. Now, what we used to do was pick every single game we wanted, like SEC games. Um, I would do that for like a weekly article as well. What we're going to do is try to keep it a little bit brief here. I've got two uh, booze selections for games. You've got what? I've got some games I'm going to pick against the spread. I love it. I love doing. it. I love it. So let's get started with your games against the spread. We'll just go one and one. You pick a game, and then I will pick a booze. All right, so uh, I'm going to start with number th- 23, Kentucky, at number 8, Auburn, 12 p.m. on the SEC Network. Now, Chris, this line opened in the summer at 13.5 for Auburn. Yeah. Currently, it sits at 7.5. So a lot of money coming in on Kentucky. Uh, first off, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on that? I, so I predicted Kentucky t- to – to win by by double digits, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be close. <laughs> yeah, you think Kentucky's so, gonna blow out? I so I, I just I have this feeling that Kentucky is is it's a mismatch for Auburn on the offensive line versus their defensive line. I, I don't like. I think Terry Wilson being back, being healthy. I think this is the first time you could ever say that Kentucky has a better stable of running backs than Auburn. And, and I, I just can, I get can the we that, can we can we talk about that? There's yeah. something I really feel I would be remiss if I didn't mention 
about Kentucky's running back stable? Kavassier Smoke. Kavassier Smoke. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's the man, dude. He follows I mean, So he follows us on, on IG, and he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He, uh, I, I think he could be a breakout player, but that's a deep backfield. I love it. Yeah, you got three guys. You got the, the returning senior, A.J. Rose. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Rodriguez averaged seven and a half yards per carry last love year. It. Yeah, that backfield's sick, man. They yeah. had the number four rushing offense in FBS last year. Yeah. Well, that's also because Lynn Bowden was, was running – they ran 83% of their plays. But – I, I, I'm with you on this. I love it. What is your what's your pick? Well, um, the fact that Kentucky not only do they have those running backs get Terry Wilson back, but they also have four starting offensive linemen that are returning. Three of those guys, I believe, yeah. are NFL prospects. Um, Auburn's lost a lot of that defense that was really good last year. Um, I love Kevin Steele, great defensive coordinator, but losing four guys to the draft, including three that were what in the top. 35, 40 picks. Two in the first um, round. Yeah. And then, then Marlon Davidson went high in the second. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, they will probably be good by the end of the year on defense, but I think you're going to see some growing pains. Uh, Kentucky, 7-1 and one against the spread in its last eight games. Ooh, love, love it. Love what Stoops has done over there at Kentucky. They've turned Kentucky into a respectable SEC program. I think Kentucky comes in there, establishes the run against Auburn in that new defensive line. Could be an ugly game. Maybe you look at the under. But I'm taking, I'm taking Kentucky and the points. See, everyone I've talked to is, t- is taking Kentucky. Mm. But I just – I don't see it. That's horrible. See- I'm on Auburn. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm on Auburn minus seven and a half. Okay. Wait, wait. So I think you said <laughs> – okay. So, anyway, I don't have a booze pick for this yet, but I feel like since it's this game, we kind of have to. And I was thinking about – I was at the liquor store the other day, and they got a vodka called Cathead. Oh, Cathead Vodka, which always reminds me of – what people used to say to me when I lived in Stone Mountain. Like, like they all, the insult would be like, oh, something head. Like, oh, Chris head. Um, <laughs> so I kind of want to pick old cat head vodka. What I'm going to take is this, though. Um, when I used to work at bars, I remember like, at, like, at like crappy bars. Uh, one thing people used to do is like, they would get like, a Grey Goose bottle and fill it with Mr. Boston's. And then they would oh. sell it. And I was like, oh, that is not okay. It's actually highly illegal. You yeah. can't do that. That's what I think the booze of choice is going to be for this. It's going to be a little Red Bull vodka, okay? Because it's – if you're taking – if you're drinking Red Bull vodka in the morning, it gets you going, right? So this is a 12 o'clock start. This is – like, and first off, it's sugar-free or regular, both beautiful shades of blue, just like Kentucky, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, a little Red Bull vodka, but it's going to be with that bottom-shelf vodka you're disguising as top shelf because I think that's what a lot of Auburn fans are trying to say about this team, and I don't believe in it. I just don't. I could be wrong. I'm setting myself up for disappointment because everybody's picking Kentucky, but – um. Yeah, I, that's that's what I would say. That's my pick. So, you, all right, what, what's your next game? All right, next game. Uh, I went over to Florida at Ole Miss. Same time. Ooh, okay, I got a boost for this one too. Okay, I like yeah. that. Uh, line opened at twelve and a half for Florida. Current line fourteen and a half. Um, Florida obviously drawing a lot of early support here on this oh, God, game. You're a, you're a Florida State fan. This is already gonna be bad. Florida, I'd say be since Tebow and, and Kyle Trask. Really good last year. It's got a really good tight end in Kyle. Uh, Ole Miss, they've got two top B's in their own right. I think it's been said, I guess. Have they announced if Corral is the starter? I think that's what they're, where they're leaning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think you can see Plumlee play, though, a little bit in this game. I'm. This has been a trend for me in the early going this year, is betting against teams that have first-year coaches. Okay. These coaches came in. They maybe had two or three months with the team. Usually none of them had any spring practice. They had to install their schemes via Zoom. They had no chance of bonding with their players. 
actually getting reps through spring, no seven on seven in summer. Yeah. So I think all these first year coaches are super behind the eight ball as compared to even all the other schools. So I think that really plays in Florida's favor. Um, the actual play here might be the over. The over is five and one in Florida's last six road games. I love and this with you. So good. Yes. Kiffin's, Kiffin's an offensive guy, so you know he's going to call up his shots. But I yeah. think Florida will cover the spread. Um, and I'm looking at the over in this game as well. Florida six, one and one ATS mm-hmm. in its last eight games on the road. Yeah. 17 and nine straight up in Mullen. The only win here that I see for Ole Miss is Kiffin dropping a snitch joke about Mullen. That's it. <laughs> Okay, so I my I actually made a boozy choice for this one as well, and listen, it is it is it's a strawberry margarita, and I know you're thinking to yourself like, why is that? And I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna go further. It's with a sugared rim. I don't know if you saw this picture of Lane Kiffin today. Now there is nothing about strawberry margarita that should ever be drank at the friendly confines and beautiful confines of the Grove at Ole Miss, okay? You all come on down, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, okay, where the words just kind of pour out of your mouth like molasses. Get Things you like some and, and Louis sausage. That's, a, that's Louisiana, you idiot. That's Louisiana. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. okay, so if you come on down, get yourself some gas station fried chicken. Okay. Go on down, see Miss. Get B- you some Georgia peaches. Okay, you're doing the wrong states every time. You should have known okay. that when you okay. said Georgia. Anyway. I'm going with, like, when I used to bartend, one of my least favorite things, people come in, they'd be like, like, two things. They'd be like, hey, hook it up, dude. And I'm like, I don't know you, so no. Um, and then, they, they, like, if someone's like, let me get a margarita frozen. And I'm like, we don't have frozen drinks. This is a nice place. We don't need a damn blender going off all crazy-like. <laughs> the last thing that would bother me is, like, so like, let me get a margarita sugar rim. Bro, I'm telling you right now, like, that's not a manly drink. I think Lane Kiffin is, is – uh, confident enough in himself and his manhood that he would be okay with ordering that drink. I, I think Mullen is the kind of person that would order a strawberry margarita, to be honest. I just, he just seems Absolutely. like it. Yeah. He wears, he wears pleated pants with Jordans. He, yes. That's a real thing that happened. And he also yeah. seems like the kind of person that's like, um, we should like, we, we should play a little Jimmy Buffett, right? Like we should just a little bit of Jimmy, a little bit of Jimmy. Um, I can easily see that. Like at a very awkward tone. That, that picture of Lane Kiffin today where it looked like he had, that episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they had the mumps coming out of their, their neck. It was not great. Um, so I, I'm going to take strawberry margarita with a sugar rim. That's my, that's my drink of choice for this one. What do you got for your next game? Okay, so um, that, that's what I had. Um, I don't care. Usually Connor's always good about saying, like, oh, we just keep talking because they don't know that we clicked out. But – I lost Tyler for a second because technology is hard. So we're, we're back at it. We have our last pick and our last drink of choice. All right. So uh, I'm going into Columbia, South Carolina, where oh, you can ooh, always get drinks, then. Yeah, you get a hottie toddy right there in South Carolina. What? No? Okay. What? Okay. That was Ole Miss. You're okay, so okay. bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 16, Tennessee at South Carolina, 7.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Line yeah. opened at minus three for no, Tennessee. No, pick them first off. Like Lined up in a pick em. Yeah. Current line, three and a half for Tennessee. A lot of steam on Tennessee lately. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt going to his third year at Tennessee. He loves the leadership on the team. Uh, they, they finished last year with a six-game winning streak. Yeah. Um, got a couple, you know, their O-line. Remember when Tennessee's O-line was about as bad as Florida State's was for a long ago, time. 
Now they're one of the most experienced and talented O-lines in the country. They got legit talent running back. They got some good receivers to transfer in from Georgia and Nebraska. Uh, I'm always going to be a fan of a Pruitt defense. Uh, South Carolina right now is probably trending the total opposite way of Tennessee. Oh, yeah? um, you know, you got Bobo coming in. And he brought, his, Bobo! he brought his QB from Colorado State, who's coming off of his third ACL tear. He um, beautiful, though. He's the starter. I'm guessing it's because, again, you know, first year OC with a program, didn't have time to install the scheme. So you, you bring in somebody who knows yeah. your scheme and can and play it. He's got three but, mustaches, too. One above his mouth and two above his eyes. It's craziness. That's incredible. He has um, big old eyebrows. Uh, as weird as it sounds, it sounds like Muschamp's defense was kind of struggling in the scrimmages in the camp. Mm, was it? Um, so, I don't know. I think I – as much as I'd like to think that the Tennessee hype is not for real, and it may not be, but I think yeah. at least in this first game, um, Tennessee's got more continuity on their staff. They're coming off of six straight wins. South Carolina is almost in the complete opposite of that. Uh, Tennessee's six and two against the spread in the last eight games, while yeah. South Carolina is one and five against the spread in their last six. Yeah. Here's what scares me: South Carolina five Fighters. and one straight, five and one straight up in their last six games at home against Tennessee. But I think that goes on the other side this year. I'll take Ooh. Tennessee, and I'll get them covering the three and a half points. So I don't, I don't dislike that necessarily. I, I, I'm going in the opposite direction. I, I picked South Carolina to win. I'll give you a stat that I told Connor earlier. I don't think you would, you would know this either. Will Muschamp's all-time record against Tennessee? You want to guess what it is? Uh, let's see. Well, including at Florida and LSU. Yeah, no, not at all. He was never the head coach at LSU, so that would not be a thing. That was true. That's true. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm guessing he's never lost. Seven and one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, Will Muschamp, right? So, um, that's the only reason I like South Carolina in this game. Now, here, here's, the, here's the drink of choice for this game. It, it's going to be a mojito, okay? And anybody that knows me knows my least favorite thing in the world as a bartender was mojitos. And somebody come in and be like, let me – you got to get the mint – you got to muddle it. You got to put you effort into it. it. God, it's the worst. And I've told this story before, but I'll never forget the day. They were like, listen, we want to take our service to the next level. And I'm like, well, I'm already dressed like a GD magician back here because I've got a bow tie and a vest on. And it's a 100% easy, wool vest. Easy Geppetto. Yeah, exactly. And they'd be like, when you guys run out of the mint, we want you to run out to the garden and go pick more. Mm. The garden was literally like a, a like a eye-level height thing they had built on top of like a ramp in the parking lot like just sandwiched in between like the Subaru Outbacks that valets had put out there and then you had to run out there in this July heat get the mint muddle it and I was like f that (laughs) just so mad um I hated mojitos I hated mojitos and listen I don't hate Tennessee fans I don't hate Tennessee I, hate, I saw I saw the reel you put together for that. I thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a lot of hard yeah. work. I, but I hate Vault Twitter. I didn't say it was I, good. I just oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Um, I hate Vault Twitter, and and I, and I mean that from like not each individual person. Everyone knows the run in that I had with them this summer. But like, I hate the fact that there's an entire fan base who takes pride in ruining people's lives. Like it weirds me out. It weirds me out. That's a whole thing. And mojitos. Ball Twitter, they just go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. So that's the drink of choice. That's the drink of choice. Okay. Um, I like that. Yeah, there you go. I, I had one more. It doesn't really it doesn't matter as much, but I should have said it earlier because it's not a good one to end on, but I'll just say it real quick. Uh, lukewarm or room temp, bud heavy. 
for Arkansas and Georgia. Because it's kind of mm. like, I was thinking like Bud Light. Like you could do it with cold Bud Light too, but it's basically one of those things where it's like New Year could be, you know, like, I think like Arkansas is trying to give you that whole, like, you remember when Bud Select was a thing? <laughs> like you were there? Barely. But no, Barely. Bud Platinum. But, well, Bud Select was not. I remember stealing an entire 12-pack of somebody's Bud Select during my Halloween party at Jason King's uh, several years ago in college. Regardless, <laughs> Bud Platinum came out, and they were like, you like Bud Light? I'm like, yeah. You're like, you like Bud Light times two? You're like, what? No, not What's really. That? <laughs> no, I'll just have another Bud Light. And like, no, this right. one's got 19.1% alcohol. It's like, good Lord. Like, if you want a Bud Light and never drive home again, then you should love Bud Light Platinum. Bud Light, Budweiser Heavy is perfect for this matchup. I'm going to say Bud Heavy because they're the, the hogs. I'm the hogs. And I don't think Sam Pittman's drinking anything light. Um, but it's basically just because you know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Like, it's nothing too special. Not saying Georgia's not special, but it's, you know what you're getting. You know what I mean? So, I, And I, I think with this Georgia game, this Georgia team especially, you know what you're going to get. Really good defense. I think they're going to be really good this year. I think Arkansas is still a little bit behind the curve trying to turn the, ta- uh, turn the corner. But you know what you're going to get. You also know what you're going to get with Arkansas, which is not winning an SEC game. They're going to win an SEC game this year. I think they're going to win three. In this game. Yeah. Not this game, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, all right. Hey. That is all for winning and losing. Thank you, Tyler, for coming in. This was fantastic. Um, I'm out of breath because I'm just talking. So, this was fun. I can't wait to do it again. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, some of your, your fans address. already found me. Um, yeah. If you want my personal home address. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually wanted to give a quick shout-out before we logged off to one of your loyal followers. Uh, his name is Justin. Don't know how to sell his last Long name, but that. starts with an L. Yes. He Good kind dude. of fired me up because you made fun of me on one of your previous podcasts, and I was down in the dumps uh, for good reason. And uh, he said he tweeted me, found me on yeah. Twitter, at Tyler Huck, and he said, just remember that when people think of college sports in the state of Florida, people think Florida State. Plus, John Anderson didn't sing Hurricane Wind or Gator Wind. And then he, self-deprecating, said, my team still hasn't won since 1980, and I'm still here. Yeah. And, and then he said, we need a winning and boozing. And that's where we're here. So it's all because of Justin L. It was it was honestly the John Anderson comment for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've seen John Anderson live, and it was – you could have told me he was up there on strings because it looked like the, the – it looked like the band from Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like he was just – like, he he wasn't moving at all. Like, it was he was up there on stilts. I mean, uh, on, on strings. So it was, it was bad. But I'm glad that Justin did that. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for coming. And congrats on not your baby. Yeah, thank you. What? <laughs> Tyler's wife posted a picture of somebody the other day. It was like, newest member of the family. And I full-on thought that I had forgot they had a kid. None of it's important. Yeah. Happy game week. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, let's close things out, get everybody to the weekend with a little fourth and wrong. So a little peel behind the onion here. Definitely forgot to post fourth and wrong up until the moment that we started recording this, but you guys are so awesome that we, by the time I looked up at this, 41 comments and counting, probably gonna be like 100 by the time people listen to this. So thank you for those who were Johnny on the spot, ready to go, and basically spent like the last half hour giving us stuff and making up for my mistake. So, fourth and wrong, let's get to it. All right, Bradley Zane Zamanek wants to know, any upsets in the SEC you would like to predict? We've already made our week one predictions, but is there something later on that you, Marler, have already looked at and thought to yourself, 
hmm, maybe it's the South Carolina team that you've been really high on. Maybe it's, yeah, you said they could win five, six games. It's a very close oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but is there any that you have circled that you're looking at? Because I've already gone on record saying, like, yeah, I've got Ole Miss beating LSU later in the year. So I, I feel like mine are kind of already all out there. Is there um, one that you've been been kind of putting in the I holster? I mean, I took tech, I took Georgia Tech by over covering one and a half wins, and we're well on our way. Just so, need that one. Yep. Need that one. Yeah, just need one more. If they don't get, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. Um, I mean, you know, my bookie put out some lines this morning of of like the updated over unders. Um, there's a there's a couple on here like like I think Arkansas might still like Arkansas's one and a half. I, I don't know if I'd take that. Um, I love that South Carolina over three and a half still for some reason. That could all come crashing down. Mississippi State under four, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Shots fired at Brandon Walker again. Like always. Jeez. All right, your yeah. turn. Uh, okay, so first one for me. Favorite game day tradition from West Madeiras? Good question. A basic question. Yeah. I think mine is waking up on Saturday morning Go for a nice little, nice little jog, you know. Shake yeah, the cobwebs out, get the endorphins going, you know. Then I come back, I make myself a really big breakfast, dump a whole lot of Texas peat onto my eggs, yep. have my avocado toast. Yeah, I'm a millennial, whatever. And then I sit down, usually like right at nine o'clock or like nine fifteen, and I'll have it paused on College Game Day, and I yep. watch an hour of College Game Day, eat my breakfast, have my shake, have my coffee. And then I spend like an hour, and then I pause it again, 10 minutes, go hop in the shower so that I'm not gross. And then for roughly the next 13 hours, I don't move out of that room unless I go to the bathroom. Yeah. So just that routine, like, yeah. it sounds boring. It sounds so simple because, like, obviously if we're going to a game, that's a little bit different. But in this job, you know, we, we have our schedules are usually kind of all over the place. But I am so accustomed to that routine and being able to, like, usually watch Pac-12 after dark late at night as well on top of the... That's, uh, it does suck that we don't get Pac-12 after Football's Pac-12 ending too early. But I, just to be yeah. able to, like, do all those things again, knowing that we're going to have a morning slate, we're going to have a late afternoon slate, and we're going to have a night slate. Like, I am so... Uh, that, that run on Saturday morning, I'm looking forward to so much just because I know my entire day after that is going to be so yep. great. I'll take you through my morning, too. Um, which is a little bit different. So I, I like your morning. It sounds better and way more well-structured. I wake up out of giddiness and glee at around 6.30 or 7. Yep, that's Especially right. in the start of the year. And and I first thing I do is wake up Queso and my beautiful fiance, Allie, with Sweet Home Alabama on Spotify and um, get us pumped from the one, two, three. I've heard that, yeah. Get super pumped for that. Um I <laughs> like it, different game days take on different feels. Like you know, sometimes you get you wake up groggy and you get a mat, Luke impression that comes out of nowhere. What I like to do is I, I get going. I go to Starbucks and I start my day with a Connor has his coffee and his run to get endorphins up. I get a, um, a medium non-fat latte with five shots of espresso in it. That's that's and, the Marler, and, yeah, yeah. And so and it, what it used to be was. A tall coffee with two extra shots, or maybe it was four extra shots. I don't remember. It was something. It was way too much. It was killing me. Um, then I, we walk the dog. I come home, get ready, get my laptop laptop set up. Um, I, I'm on TV at nine o'clock, so we usually watch that. Sick um, And then, like locally, and then um, I immediately turn on game day, and then I do the Facebook Live around ten thirty, 
And then it becomes like this whole thing. I'm like, okay, cool. You know what would be good? I could do like Peloton. I could get some like workout in or whatever, like watch game day. What usually ends up happening is I start panic researching gambling uh, bets to make before noon. Mm. That's usually how I spend my morning. I, this year, I'm, I'm, I'm vowing to be more structured. And I would like to get up, exercise, get the endorphins up like you said, um, do the Facebook Live, all that kind of stuff, and just kind of relax and ease into my day. But honestly, from because game day, usually there's like some tidbits you can put up on there. You know, from nine o'clock in the morning to after midnight, I'm I'm on Twitter, live tweeting stuff yeah, for all day SDS. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, like I know we like joke around a lot about how like I, I love this job so much. It is it is a Saturdays are so much fun, but they are a little bit of a grind. Oh, they're grind at the end of it. At the, yeah. end, of it, yeah. <laughs> at the end of it, yeah. yeah. It's like because especially especially it's like that's one of the reasons I'm so pumped for this Saturday is like. Damn, dude! Like Kentucky Auburn, I, I I didn't realize until today that that was or yesterday that was a noon kickoff. Like yeah, that I think should it was be prime time. Yeah, seven. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's like there's gonna be some good football on all day. I, I tell you, the one thing downside of this house, we don't have the two TV setup. Yeah, so nor do, we're off nor the do we just yet. Games. Yeah. So yep. that's that's a that goes right into the next question that Guillermo yep. Batista has. He says, which games will you be playing on your main TV, and which would you watch on a laptop stream? So. Like, all right, another. I've said that I think three times so far. Little peel behind yeah. the onion here. Saturday, my main writing responsibilities. I'll be writing a column off oh, yeah. of. I'll be writing a column off of Florida Ole Miss. It'll be lane related. Um, so I know that I'm going to be doing that. So I'm going to have Florida Ole Miss on my main TV. That's what I'm going to do. I will probably have Kentucky Auburn because that's on at the same time. Streaming on my laptop. And then with Twitter in one area on my on my computer, like TweetDeck pulled up, and then you know like a box score or something like that on the other, and then like with a doc where I make notes for the specific game that I'm covering, and then I also make notes for the podcast for stuff that we're going to be talking about, stuff that I know that we're going to bring up. I also do a weekly column. One thing I learned about every SEC team, so I make notes on that throughout the day as well. So my Saturday is like on, a little bit. You're set up like really. Like Connor had to, I had to learn from Connor how to like get set up, like like where like you have TweetDeck and then Twitter and then it helps. Like you're so well organized with it, and it's really, it's honestly, it's been something that's like been a super help to me. Now I'll still have my notebooks out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh and, yeah. Like, and try, for sure. Because because I have to do the tweets and try to figure out like where like the or like like videos and stuff like that, and, and hope they go well. But like the big thing for me is the 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 every team is a GIF. And then every mm. team is an emoji, yeah. which I hate the emoji one so much, but it goes over well. Still, so. <laughs> so it's, it's like I mean, it's like how many how many emojis can I show? It's like what poop, poop emoji, bandy. <laughs> to answer the question, the great thing about this conference only schedule is that it really sets up well for this. You're yeah. gonna have two games at noon. You're gonna have the two games at three thirty, or I guess three thirty and four, and then there will be three games at night. But let's be honest. Vandy A&M is not going to have all my attention. That's on SEC Network Alternate as well, which, come yeah. on, like that's begging to be the, the last thing that you flip to. But I'm going to be so locked in to just SEC games. And I'm going to have, so during during the afternoon, I'm probably going to have Mississippi State LSU as my main main game that I'm watching, and then Georgia-Arkansas stream, and then main game at night will be Tennessee-South Carolina. Probably because assuming, maybe early on yeah. it'll be, Bama, Mizzou, and then Tennessee, South Carolina starts a half hour later. So I'll watch the right. first quarter of that and then switch that one over. But I'll figure it out. So I haven't even looked and see what other conferences are playing or what other conference games from like other conferences are yet. Oh, I'm the other sure conferences have- are playing? I didn't know that. Yeah, right. So what I'll have is 
Um, and it used to be just incredible setup at my old apartment. It was really our, good. Our old apartment. Yeah. yeah. It was like you had the main TV and then you had a side TV. And then what I would usually do on game days is set up my computer at the, at the, in the kitchen at the island or whatever, um, at the, or the bar or whatever it would be there. And then be able to watch both and stream stuff if I had to. So now said it's a little bit different. I'll take a picture of all this too, like on game day and it, it, like it, it's, we're talking about getting another TV, but we already have three TVs in the house. We I know, really we've got the same one. thing. Yeah, it's like we have three like, TVs so, and two people. Yeah, it's so like what, what I'm planning on doing, honestly, is we have, like the way our house is set up is like the living room is in the front left, then there's like the dining room, and then on the front right is my office and this extra room. So in my office is an incredible setup. Um, what I'm most likely going to do is set up a stream on the big uh, monitor, in my computer in the office and then another game up top right so for the 12 o'clock games i'll have kentucky auburn on the big one florida Ole miss on the other one for the seven o'clock game i will have bama mizzou on the big one until halftime mm. and then at halftime i will switch it to tennessee and south carolina for the rest of it so that's that's my plan um the other plan that i could possibly do we'll see is i might we might just take the monitor and put it in the other room and set it up and like in the in the living room but also i can i did this last year for new year's day and it was it was pretty awful to be around but like you could set up shop in the middle of of like the dining room and see the the dining like no, that's living too much room. that's too much it's so dude, it's so much and i'm like constantly walking back and forth and you miss stuff but it's yeah so yeah i don't know we'll see uh, i think i think that's my plan though is, is just to be in the office all day so sounds good what else we got is it my, my turn yeah fire away um Oh, this is pretty good. Best cheese for a Philly cheese steak sandwich. Cheese Whiz, American, go rogue with some provolone. Ash Williams, I love you to death. I hate the cheese Whiz is, mm, is disgusting. Can't do, can't do it. It's disgusting. Now, if you're talking about a Whiz, like when you go to Philly and you order um, an actual uh, with Whiz, like on that, like like on your actual sandwich, I get that. For me, it's I, I usually get pepper jack. I would go pepper um, or, jack as well. Or or just jack. Um, and, and then the key for me for, I mean, the cheese is really good for a Philly, obviously. The key for me is green peppers, and also I like to add banana peppers. Mmm. Adding there's peppers is There's a phenomenal place good. in Atlanta. The banana peppers are really good, yeah. right? Um, there's a phenomenal place in Atlanta. I don't think I've ever taken you there, but it's called Woody's. Thanks. It's one of my favorite spots, and it's like, yeah, it's, they had it... Um, in 2010, they had the ice storm and everything shut down. They were one of the only places that stayed open. And I just have been in love with it ever since. But you can get uh, a cheesesteak there. They have like Oreo milkshakes, and it's, mm. it's really good. Pepper Jack, go-to. Yeah. I'm, I'm making turkey burgers this week. I make green chili turkey burgers and with Pepper Jack, like, like mixed into the meat. It's yeah. so, so good. I, I need to have more Pepper Jack in my life is what I've decided. All right. Uh, who has the best mullet in the SEC, asked Doug That's, Hayden, that's all you, bro. So this has been a very popular topic of conversation on Twitter. Did not realize this would kind of blow up the way that it did. So yesterday, doing this research for the SEC all-neighbor, <laughs> all-name team, I found Royce Newman. And, folks, let me tell you, if you haven't seen Royce Newman, the Ole Miss offensive lineman, Royce, <laughs> Royce has a mullet that is just grade A because he's got, you know, he's got the comb look in front, and it's like you would – it is the – total definition of business in the front party in the back and that's what a mullet yeah. in my opinion is supposed to be so by default i think that royce has the best mullet in the sec based on that Ooh. now there are people that pointed out in, in the comments to that tweet 
that there are mullets. Um, Florida, Tanner, Tanner Rowell has one. Mizzou's Case Cook has one. And Ole Miss's Chase Rogers has a very distinct mullet. I mean, like, Kenny Powers look 100%. Yeah. It, it's great if you haven't seen it. I would tend to, like, he's got also, you know, the facial hair combined with it, too. And sometimes people look into, like, the whole look instead of just the mullets. Now, I'm going to Chase's is darn good. It's darn good. Yeah. But I kind of... I'm a little bit biased toward Royce just because I think he he has it down pat with what it should look like in the front where you like actually comb your hair and then just the the flow down back to the shoulders. Yeah. It is it is an elite mullet. And look, they're all good. Like, Tanner Wells really, really solid. Really solid. And I, I know Florida fans have been pointing that out as well. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it give it to Royce. Oh, yeah, I do know someone named Royce. Forgot. Yeah. Um, there you go. So, um... Okay, I like this question from Noah Sims. I, I want to address one real quick. Um, there's a couple of good ones, but we've already had a really long episode. We have. Um, so there's a couple that I want to address real quick. Um, what What is the best chicken wing recipe to use? Hooters. I don't care how that sounds. Hooters is my favorite wings ever. With it, Texas Pete. so good. Yeah, but like it just like if you order them, if you're not making yourself, I'll call Hooters all day. It, it, it's, <laughs> Their wings are Apple really Mac good. Mac has the worst wings. Yeah. I haven't said anything bad, so on this podcast has podcast yet. So I'll just say Taco Taco Mac has the wings out there. They're so bad. Never heard of them. Um, they felt good to get it off off my chest. You don't have a Taco Mac? Mm-mm. What? No. Orlando's not is really that... the South. I've told you that. It kind of is. Taco Mac is like, but the original Taco Mac is in Virginia Highlands where I used to live. But it, it's like it's just a sports bar, and they have like it's it's cool because they have like 180 beers on tap, and they have all the games and all that kind of stuff. But the wings, it's like, man, just make better wings. Like, mm. why are the wings so bad? I don't get it. Anyway, um, Noah Sims, this is a really good question. Least pleasant type of person to encounter in your tailgate adventures? My my uh, answer is going to surprise you. He wrote E-G, which I think he meant E-I, um, or I-E. Yeah. What does E-G mean? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say. Maybe he meant, like, maybe this is part of it. He said E-G bro. Okay. E-G bro. Okay, maybe he just meant bro. Um Super extra fan, IG girl, etc. Ooh, IG girl is definitely one. I think blackout dude is the worst. I think he's the worst. Yes, okay. Being being at that point, like everybody's having a good time. Like don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. If you're at a tailgate, you're having a few. Drunk guy is fine. Blackout guy is yeah. the worst because blackout guy, you can't predict what he's going to do, and everybody is just kind of awkwardly looking at him and anticipating his movements. I hate being around people like that. Uh, to me, that's just yeah. like. That guy is is making it miserable for for everybody. If he's like you know the type of guy that's like coming up to and getting way too close to you or something like that, and you're yeah. like, this guy's on a different level. I don't need that. I don't need that. Now I will say I thought that, remember the LSU fan we met at the Peach Bowl last year, and I'm so pissed oh, to this day yeah. that I can't remember his name. Where I was like already kind of frustrated and it was like it's taking forever to get in. It's kind of hot or well, I don't remember what it was, but I was like frustrated and I was like and he just kept like like looking at us. And I was like, this guy have a pro- uh, like a problem. That was SEC championship. Okay, and so then and then he started talking. He's like, he did the Coach O thing. I was like, that's a really good Coach O. He's like, I know who you guys are. And I was like, oh, what? Like, he ended up being hilarious. He was yeah, awesome. He was, good. he was like one of my favorite people we met all year. He was great. Um, but, and I've been this guy a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, but the blackout, the blackout before the game starts is just so much. One of my, one of my favorite people in the world, I'm not going to say his name on here, 
but he's a Mizzou fan, so I'll call him out for that. Remember we went to Mizzou, Bama, a couple years ago, and he just drank so much, and it was like every time we kept looking over, he's like, we're out of vodka. I'm like, you did, you said that 10 minutes ago with the other bottle we had. Yeah. And like he had kept finishing them off, and then he was like, I remember he was walking, he was like walking, kept running into cars, and, and like cars were parked and stuff, and then we got inside, um, and I just remember him, he fell asleep for the first half, sitting upright. The All right. First half. Standard. Just hibernated like a bear. Um, I just, I, so that, like, and I love him to death. It's funny because it was my friend for the most part. But there's, when it's like, especially if it's like a big game, like, I don't have time for it. Like, I, I don't, I, like, if I'm already, like, nervous or antsy, like, I don't want to be around that person. Um, and there's sometimes when it's funny, but there's sometimes when it's like, if you are stumbling and can't see straight and, like, you know, blowing spit. Yeah, because then somebody's like, gotta like I, take care of you, and then yeah, everyone's their day too. I don't need that. I don't need that person. I just I I've, I've told you the story like where Bama. I was at the Georgia South Carolina game in 2007, and it was like a 5:30 kick. And I remember we luckily my friends who we were tailgating with Tyler Tidwell, their tailgate like literally is at, at the stadium. Like it's it's like on the same street because they have, they're so like well connected. And I was so drunk that I remember pulling out like my ticket. And it was just a handful of pretzels. And it was just like, it, this lady was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, can I let you in here? Um, so, yeah, the, the, the drunk, the super drunk at the tailgate, especially if it's like, you know, like a 3.30 kick and you're already hammered. Because, like, when people start drinking, just get a flask. You know what I mean? Like, like or if you can buy beer in the stadium, buy that. But, like, don't be the, like, the super drunk guy because you're worried you're not going to be able to keep drinking. Like, you're good, man. You're good. It's week one. Pace yourself, everybody. Yeah. Pace yourself. All right. You do one more. I'll do one more. We'll call it a day. All right. This is, like, eighth, eighth and wrong. Um, let's yeah. see. Oh, yeah. We're going to do four questions, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's okay. Oh, we're it's done then. One. We're done. Call it a day. I got one more. Actually, we do five. Yeah, go ahead. One more. Will two beer Connor aim for the over or settle? <laughs> I saw that one. I don't have any beer in my fridge right now, which is kind of a problem. What? I don't have any right now. I just we just ran out too, so I might. What did you have? PPR? No, 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 no. We did. Okay, um, I had like a PPR left last. Last we had we had Kona Big Wave for a while. Yeah, that's been that's been favorite. the go to during quarantine. It's, it's my favorite beer or one of them. Yeah, in the spring and summer beer. Yeah, yeah, it's very very good. Light, refreshing. Can have two or three of them. It's usually two. Come on, let's be honest. Um, probably going to hit the under on that. It's a working day still. Yeah. And prob- probably going to hit the under. Probably one, maybe like a you know around 8 o'clock or so. That's usually I am going to, my range. I'm going to go buy bourbon strictly for the sake of it because it's, um, oh, wow. Uh, I just read something on Twitter. Um, so I, I'm going to go buy bourbon just strictly for like the tradition of it because it's the first day of football and that kind of stuff. I might like I, I guarantee you that the first drink, unless Bama gets close somehow, mm. un, some unforeseen thing. But like I, I might have like I, that that will be opened and and have one or two at like ten thirty. <laughs> like it, it'll be the end of the day. It's just because it's just like I, I yeah. I mean I don't I don't really even miss it that much. Like getting like well. I mean, if I don't have to work, like if we're at an LSU game and I'm yeah, it's different. Until <laughs> yeah, if I'm watching a game just like to watch a game and I I know that like we're not going to be talking about it the next day yeah. or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little bit a little bit different. It all depends on like if you're writing off of a game or something like that. So it just yeah. kind of depends. Uh, that was from Russell right. Dooley, by the way. Thank you for everybody who sent us questions today, especially with such little notice and me you know, dropping the ball on that one. One last thing I wanted to say before we set you guys off for your weekend. If you have not subscribed to the Saturday Football Newsletter, you should totally do it. Our good buddy Adam Spencer does such a great job with this. And I know that there are people listening to this, and we've had people that reach out to us and say, hey, you know, I'm not really on social media. I don't really do that. Totally fine. You don't want to go on social media to get your stories. Just let us, it's in your inbox. All you have to do, open up your email, and it's just right there every single morning. All the stories that you could want to stay informed on college football. You don't have to sift through tweets or go on Facebook or anything like that. It's all right there. My brother does this because he doesn't like spending time on, on Twitter and Facebook, but he still likes to be informed on all things college football. So he started subscribing to the newsletter like three months ago, and he's like, it's amazing. You get so much stuff, and you can you can really yeah. stay up to date on all things Dude. college football with it. Adam crushes it. It's really, really good. It's it's not filled with a bunch of stuff that you don't care about. I promise. It's all the relevant stuff. He's got his own flair to it. So it's got some editorial, you know, his his viewpoints, some of his viewpoints as well that he kind of mixes in there. But go subscribe to it. All you have to do, all you have to do, go to your browser, whatever web browser you use, type Saturday.football. That's it. Yeah. And it's going to take you to the, to the page. Saturday.football football and right there you're gonna have all those stories sent to your inbox i promise you it'll be worth your time it is i've said this before on here that like i i used to have to do that and it was like like i i did the it was like one of my first it's what took me being like full-time i think i think it was like oh yeah that was really early we'll add this on and, and and we'll like let you do it and we i'm pretty sure we lost admittedly like we like there was like a huge number of people but we like it had like 77,000 followers, and by the end of it, I was done with it, like after the year, and put a lot of work into it. It had like 71, and it was so defeating. Adam has done such an incredible job with that newsletter. It's so good. It's so much better than when I did it. If, if, I, if you're somebody that heard me say it years ago, like, hey, go check out the newsletter. I'm doing this, and you didn't like it, like I'm telling you right now, or even if you did, it's it's 10 times better now. Adam... It's, 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 I don't even know how to explain it. Like it, it just hits every single point you yep. want to read. It, it's quick. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, and it's, it's something I think we send it out what every Monday you said or every Sunday. We're, we're, we're doing that on an almost daily basis at this point. Really? Yeah. It's showing up good. in your inbox and it's just right there. Yeah. And if there's some stories you want to click on, boom, they're right there. And if there's stuff that you don't want, all right, yeah, there probably will be tomorrow. That's the way that it works right. in college football. So definitely make sure that you go and do that. Make sure that you're following all of our content on social media. If you still are on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at the SDS pod, at SDS, at SEC football, at Vern Funquist, at CJ O'Gara. Marther, we are here. We are here. It is week one. We're going to have a pod for you guys that we're recording on Sunday. It's, this is great. This is great. We've finally yeah. gotten to this point. I'm so happy. Yeah. Uh, cheers, everybody. I hope everyone has a great season. We love you guys. This is, I'm so, you know what? I'll just say it, Connor. I'm so happy that we finally made it here. And I'm so Let's sorry, go. but it's like, we made it, y'all. Like, we, we effing did it. Let's have a good season. What do we need to remember, Molly? It, I don't remember. <laughs> it just means much more. God dang it. It might mean too much.